Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio for a free trial and 10% off. Go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP8. This week on TWIP, a photographer is outed for plagiarism, Smug Mug reboots, and Instagram adds image embedding, plus an interview with Smug Mug's co-founder, Chris McCaskill. It's Wednesday, July 31st, 2013, and this is TWIP. Welcome back to another episode of TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me on this week's show to discuss some hot topics are Miss Nicole Young or Mrs. Nicole. Nicole, how, is it Miss, Mrs., Ma'am, Madam? Which, which is it? I'm keeping I'm keeping my name. Okay. So uh, my existing name. So uh, can I, I could just say Nicole Young instead of the Mrs. Yeah, Miss. Yeah. How about I that? mean, I think technically it'd be Ms. Nicole Young. Ms. Okay. I don't know, actually. That's a good question. I know. It's too, it's all this all this crazy stuff. I think anyway. you say Ms. when you're not sure, but anyways. So. I'm just going to say Nicolzi. So That's Nicolzi's sure. here, <laughs> Joseph sure Lenaski, and, and Derek's story. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, so we heard Nicole. Who hasn't been on the longest time? I think Nicole. I think it's you. Probably. Yeah, yeah. it's been several. It got to a point where when I saw you, I was like, are you guys okay with me? Did I do something? <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't banned? heard from you. <laughs> you actually said that, Frederick. Have I, I been banned from Twip? <laughs> You're not banned. You're not banned from Twip. What, what have you been doing? You got all kinds of stuff going on. You've been relocating. I, I moved again. I, I moved back to where I started. You're the movingest person in the world. I mean, <laughs> we, you know, we 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 were. You know, I got married in October, yep. and then we bought a house in Portland, Oregon, and then Brian, my husband, got a job at Google. And, you know, you're not going to say no to that. So then, of course, we had to sell our house. I never recommend buying and selling a house in six months. No. <laughs> and it's not a good idea. And then we moved to California. So right now we're in South Bay, actually sunny, Sunnyvale. Oh, cool. uh, it's kind of temporary, this particular area. I think we're going to move closer to the ocean than like Santa Cruz or something sometime oh, next year. So to, I will make, have... to make Brian's commute even farther. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but they've got those Google buses. Have you ever seen those? I'm sure you have. You I have you seen them, here. yes. So, yeah, he'll have a nice cush right up there. But Everybody's got a bus. I've seen, like, uh, Genentech buses, Yahoo buses, Apple buses, Google buses. It's like, yeah. there are no civilian buses around here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just don't want to get on them. No. Yeah. All right. Well, Nicole, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you. Joseph, what has been going on in your area? I heard you had some visitors from, uh, from a, uh, or a visitor from TWIP up there. What's going on? Oh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and we, uh, it's just, you know, working the work. It's been pretty mellow lately. Um, right now, the big excitement is that the forests are all burning nearby. So mm. I left Southern California to get away from that stuff. I didn't realize that Southern Oregon did the same thing, but apparently it's once a decade, not once a year here. So, mm. yeah, it's currently unsafe to breathe. And if you've seen any photos on Instagram lately, I've been posting some. It's, I have uh, seen them. It looks like, it looks like San Francisco fog, but brown. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It actually is remarkably similar to Beijing. It oh. seemed, it feels the same way as it did in Beijing. You look outside and you think, oh, it's cold out. And then you step out and go, oh, gross. I can <laughs> taste the air. Uh, yeah. Oh. Well, we'll stay safe, man. Hopefully Thanks. it blows over. 
All right. And also, Mr. Derek Story, finally back on the show again. Derek, you've been busy, too. I've been keeping up with you. You're like, did I see a, a Instagram photo or something of you like camping somewhere? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. I was camping uh, for four days. I just got back from that. And then um, before that, I was down in Carpinteria doing uh, my Linda thing down there. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's a lot of fun. And then I'm tomorrow morning. I take off for Oahu for uh, eight days. Eight so, days? No, is this is this business or pleasure? This is pleasure. Uh, although you know, I'll obviously I'll, I'll I'm taking cameras and all that. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. But uh, no, wait. wait are you taking full size cameras or small? No, cameras? no, 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 no. I'm taking my little cameras. Nice. My cool. fun. Oh, my fun cameras that I don't get to play with enough. You know, in everyday life. Well, cool. All right. Well, I'm I'm going to be expecting the whole adventure to be Instagram because you know if it didn't happen, if it it didn't happen, if it's not on Instagram, so you got. Well, I, I'm going to do it on Instagram, but I'm also going to post on IM too. So uh, right. you know, so uh, I'll do both. Good. Cool. I want to see that too. Um, and I know you got a you have a new site out that you launched. What's up with that? Yeah, photo help desk. I uh, I actually I did it. You know, you'll be you'll be happy to hear this. It's uh, a Squarespace site. Cool. Mm. Yeah, I did it. I, I did it literally in one day. I had the idea, and I just checked to see if the domain was available, and it was. You know, and so whenever the domain's available, then I go, "This is a you know a sign from God." <laughs> and, <laughs> and so then I said, "I just want to build the site. I don't want to work, you know, with my sysadmin or any of that sort of stuff. I just want to do it right now while I'm all enthusiastic." Yep. So uh, I did a Squarespace site, and, and it's it it's taken off great. That's great. That's yeah. cool. Well, well, we have to... to keep us in suspense. What's the site? Yeah, I know. So we know it, it has a great name. So what's the site? <laughs> so it, it, it's a simple idea. It's uh, it's photohelpdesk dot com, and I get all this mail constantly about how do I do this or you know which camera should I buy or whatever, and I and I was saying you know instead of just answering one on one mail all the time, I go wouldn't it be great to have a spot where people could submit their questions and I'd answer it, then other people could see the answers in the questions, mm-hmm. and that's all this is it's uh you know submit a, a photo question and uh we answer it and post it back and we put it in categories and it has search and all that stuff and after like six or eight months there ought to be a pretty good repository of information there can i hmm. can i ask one question live right now that you can feel free to repost into photohelpdesk.com mm-hmm. how do you pronounce the word boca <laughs> yeah this this i'm channeling martin bailey here so which is it what direct derek since you are now the authority you have the photo help desk site so which is so i I, so i'll have to do like a little audio snippet on the site is that what you're saying yeah yeah totally yeah i say believe it or not i say boca boca yeah but uh i know there are there are variations on that but i've always said boca i've always heard you know how i pronounce it tell me Blur. <laughs> blur. <laughs> I'm American. What can I say? We it's not blur. It's much more elegant than blur. No, it's not. That's funny. It's blur. <laughs> the white trash pronunciation. Exactly. <laughs> what are you? What are you? Are you a Mister Stop Down or what? What do you mean? Hey, it's, you know, I I am Mister Path of Least Resistance. If you got to sit there and think about how to describe something when shorter words will do it. Well, no, you know, what's, what's the what's the better one? Jeff. 
GIF, remember there was like a, a, a big thing around GIF, GIF or GIF? Yeah. GIF or GIF. And then, you know, the definitive uh, hammer came down, uh, what, a couple weeks ago or a month ago or something? Oh, I didn't know. Which, which oh, is yeah. it? It's GIF. Oh, I've been wrong all these years. I don't, I don't that approve. One too. I, I concur. <laughs> I like GIF. I'm sticking with GIF. I'm sorry. GIF, yeah. Who but decided? It, I mean, like, who, uh, the who's guy his authority? that created it. Oh, guy. okay. Well, <laughs> I guess he gets something. Like, who is he? What kind of authority does he have? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Geez. So many words. How about we just say animated thing? I don't know. <laughs> Thingy Bob. Yeah. All right. Any, well, anyway, so that's, that's what I've been doing. That's cool. Well, yeah, folks, definitely check out Derek's site. Uh, photohelpdesk.com. I'm, I'll check it out while we're doing the show here because I have so much, I don't have that much stuff to do while I'm doing the show. Um, <laughs> speaking of shows, uh, Mr. Doug K, Joseph, who came up to visit you, right? Mm-hmm. right. Uh, Doug K and I are doing a, a hangout show. We're going to call it, or it's called All About the Gear. We already did one episode, and our friends over at borrowlenses.com have graciously agreed to supply Doug a new toy for each show to play with, bang on, and then report his findings. So it's kind of like a, um, you guys remember Hot or Not? Remember that? (laughs) (laughs) Where you kind of had to, you know, it would give you two pictures, you had to click on one. It was kind of like that, you know, or hit it or quit it, Hot or Not. You're really going to do that. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Doug Doug just wants to play with stuff. So he wants to play with stuff and get free rentals from Borrow Lenses and then talk about it. (laughs) Then if he likes it, he'll go buy it. (laughs) So cool. So that's coming up. Also, quick update: um, we're running a contest right now that will be running through the end of August, uh, to be precise, midnight on August thirty first, twenty thirteen. It's called "A Picture Is Worth a Thousand Lyrics," and essentially, we gave you a song, um, and the song for this this contest was R. Kelly's "I Believe I Can Fly," as sung by the artist Sharice. And uh, right now. We still have several, yeah, a whole month to go on this thing, and 6,500 people have entered and uploaded photos to this thing so far. So apparently a lot of people like that kind of contest, (laughs) so definitely check it out. If you're into that, uh, click over, we'll put the link in the show notes for it, click over to it, check out some of the work that's in there, if nothing else, and be inspired, and if you feel so inclined, upload something of your own, and you may win... I, I forgot what the prize is. I think it's an eye acrylic print and um, and a file transporter from the transporter folks. So definitely check that out. All right, guys, let's jump into the news. The first story is kind of, I think we have the perfect panel to discuss this because we have like a panel of pro photographers that would be highly upset if this happened to him. So I'm going to read um, an excerpt from this story. And it says, uh, photographer Doug Gordon, Doug Gordon felt the wrath of the internet after it was discovered that a large portion of the written content on his blog and workshop pages were plagiarized from other sources, including Oprah Winfrey. So, Photo Stealers is a popular popular Tumblr blog that this is what they do. They call out and keep people honest. You know, when you steal other people's work, they will put you on this blog <laughs> and talk about you, which is not a good thing, as Mr. Gordon found. So, he's since taken this stuff down and apologized to his followers on Facebook. He said that although his name was in the post, he blamed it on a copywriter who he hired to produce the content for him. Um... And it's not his fault. So what I want, first of all, people that are listening to this, make your own decision. We'll provide the links in the show notes for you to go check out the whole story because it's a long kind of twisted tale of what's going on that we won't be able to do justice here. But 
for this for this panel, I wanted to put it to you guys, Joseph. You first. I want to throw it at you. If this happened to you, first of all, what do you think of this story? And if this happened to you, say you're perusing the blog, your the website or the web, you come upon the site and you see someone's, let's say it's someone's about page, and it's your bio, but with someone else's name, you know, with a search and replace. <laughs> what what would you do? Um, I think first thing to do is just send them a really really big invoice. <laughs> I'd send them a massive invoice and say, this is what you have to pay for unregistered use of my work, uh, my copyrighted work. And uh, if you don't pay this, then, you know, you have my attorneys. But then but then what he do What the person would do is probably what, what, what this guy did is just take it down and say, I'm sorry. And then what? Yeah, it doesn't work. It's, you know, screen capture it. Make sure you've got proof that it was up there and sue the yeah. dude. It's just it's inexcusable. Especially when if all you need on your website is decent photos, I mean, words are a bit different, but decent photos, go to iStock, mm-hmm. pay a nickel and get a bunch of halfway decent photos if that's all you're trying to do is get some halfway decent photos. But this was, this was specifically copy. I mean, we're not, we're, let's, let's. Well, yeah, so copy, yeah, that's, that makes it even. Yeah, because like if someone went to Aperture Expert and just, and just wholesale lifted one of your blog posts, Joseph, and yep. then put it on theirs and changed a couple of things around what would you do? I mean, would you just say, oh, well, you know, that's no, it's, flattery. No, it's a and desist. No, hell, no, it's not flattery. Yeah. No, no, it's not. If if someone wants to take an excerpt and credit you for it and put the first portion of it and link to your article for the rest of it, that's fine. That's great because they're directing traffic to you, but just outright taking the whole thing. You can't do that. So, yeah, cease and desist. Get the attorneys on the phone and you know, stick the dogs on them. Yeah. It's just yeah. no excuse. There's no room for it. Nicole, would you bring the dogs out or would you just ignore it? <laughs> oh, I don't. I'm not the kind of person to bring the dogs out. You know, if I if my work is copyrighted and it's interesting because I don't really think of my uh, other than my books that I write, uh, which, you know, a lot of that is already kind of taken care of from the publisher side. But uh, it's the photos. I, I, I copyright my photos, but I don't really even think about the content, the other content on my blog. You know, and to, that somebody might actually take it and repost. And of course, of course, it can happen. And people do it. I follow a lot of the food community and the food bloggers, and a lot of you know, there's a lot of recipes that people will steal a person's photo and post a recipe right next to it. It's like, well, that's really not cool. So you see a lot of that happening. Uh, I mean, but this is like outright plagiarism. You know, he's. It's not just taking a photo and just posting it and saying, hey, look at this cool photo, or you know, just posting something and not trying to just and not just not giving credit. It, this stuff was posted on his site. Uh, which he's claiming was his copywriter, which personally, if you're a photo educator, I don't really think it's cool that you're hiring somebody to teach other people <laughs> about photography. It should be coming from you, but that's another topic. Um, but, you know, he's it's posted on there. He's responsible for it, whether or not he's blaming, you know, blaming the copywriter. And it's posted there as if it were his own words. And that's where it's really like, that's not cool at all to do that. And, you know, because all of us here, I believe, are photo, we're all photo educators. You know, we all teach people these things. And, you, you know, he's bound to lose a lot of respect and his you know career if it gets if this gets in the right people's in front of the right people you know or you know who are the right people are people won't hire him because of this because you you know there's no um there's no telling what else he's been doing that isn't actually his own stuff like he does workshops and of course i'm not i don't know much about him and the stuff that he does but was the content from his workshop you know, was that his own work? You know, I know it's really, everything. It's really hard. Yeah, everything, everything gets comes questioned. into exactly. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I can see it now. And I, I can see Derek. I want your definitely want your opinions on this because you're you're the content creator extraordinaire. Right? You're in, you're on Linda. You have your own books out. You are blogging. Yeah, you have this other site. What if somebody went to your new site, your photohelpdesk.com site, and you know, look at this is a great answer that Derek posted. I'm going to make that into a blog post on my site. Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. What you, and they just did a copy and paste. You know, search and replace, change a couple things, and boom, it's theirs. Yeah, what? Yeah, it, it could happen. What would you do? Uh, it, it probably is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's hard to it's hard to keep up with it all, but. Uh, if if I do run into it, I, I definitely contact them right away. And you know, I I usually start with a question. I just want to know you know what's going on, and listen to whatever the lame response will be. But uh, you know, I, I like to at least hear what what's going on in their head first. Uh, but you know, generally speaking, this is something you do have to be careful about. And where I run into it more is uh, you know I do social network work for clients. You know, yeah. low low pro is one of them. And so they have Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, on, when I'm working for them, uh, you know, I, I want photographers work on their Facebook page. And really, if I, if I go to Flickr and I see a shot that has a great, you know, it has a low pro bag in it, a terrific shot, then how I handle that shot depends on what the photographer has done. If he has a straight out copyright on it, then I can only link to it, you know, just do the link and send it straight to the Flickr page. If he has a Creative Commons uh, copyright on it, uh, almost any flavor of Creative Commons, then uh, I can, you know, embed embed the photo uh, on the Facebook page and then give him credit and then, of course, still include a link back to the site. But I can take the photo and, and run a nice big shot on, on, you know, the other page. So he just... You just have to pay attention. You just have to look. Um, you know, on the other thing, too, that I think about this, and I think a lot of photographers, I, I run into this a lot when I'm looking to uh, shine a light on other people's work. They're, I think they get a little too weird, though, about the whole copyright thing to the point to where I can't, uh, you know, I can't promote someone because they have their stuff so tied up or they'll even disable the, the link, you know, for me to, you know, in, embed and, and send it over to their site. Yeah. And in that case, you know, I just, I just want to say, well, you know, what is your goal? Is your goal, uh, do you want more people to see your work or do you just want to kind of, you know, keep it all, uh, you know, super tightly controlled in your own little world? But, you know, think about that in terms of, you know, how you copyright your stuff because there's guys like me out there that want to, you know, want to shine a light on you. Yeah, and, and there's when I, when I read this story, I thought of it from two standpoints. And the first standpoint, of course, it's inexcusable. And this guy is supposedly a veteran. He's high profile in the speaking and the workshop circuit, all that stuff. So, you know, on the one hand, when I look at it, I'm like, this, this seems like the Internet being the self-healing organism it is, you know, and sending the white blood cells after this <laughs> after this guy sure, and sure. kind of calling it a task. And, and we're part of it right now. We're calling him out on it. And so what that means is, I think, down the line, if, if, if in fact this is true, even if it's not, I mean, it's, it's kind of the cat's out of the bag now. But what's going to happen is if I was going to take a workshop and I called him up, I'd be like, you know, is this that same guy I heard about on Twip? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. you know, I, I, so there's damage that's happened there already. Not, notwithstanding that, the, you know, the site that the uh, the Tumblr the the Tumblr site that just that called him out at length. So the other half of thing, the other ha- other half of what I'm thinking is, 
What about new photographers? Because we, all of us are, like Nicole said, we're all photo educators. And we know that there is an immense or an amazing amount of people that are just flowing into the hobby of photography all the time. And all these, all these new people are coming in and then a certain percentage of them are coming in and, and hanging up their shingle as a photographer. And now we have tools to make that easy. Like Derek Squarespace makes it easy for you to put a site up, Smug Mug and, you know, Zenfully, all these guys, everything is easy to, you know, you can easily put a site up there. So if it's the path of least resistance, the path of least resistance to put the, to put a site up and people are like, you know what, I want to get to a Derek Story level of followers really quickly. I'll just go to Derek Story and copy his, you know, and do that. So how do you safeguard against those legions of people that are coming in and, you know, plagiarizing, you know, quote unquote, plagiarizing other sites to make their sites better because they don't have the time or the experience, or maybe it's even innocent. They don't know that it's, that they shouldn't be copying pasting stuff. Well, I mean, it I depends on, yeah, it depends on how you want to spend your time too, yeah. Frederick. You know, uh, there are some people, we know people that, you know, the, a big part of their living is, you know, going after people that have used their photos and then collecting some sort of money off it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't, that's not the way I want to live my life. Uh, sure, if I run into it or someone brings it to my attention, I'll address it. But I, I don't want to spend my life doing that. I want to spend my life creating stuff and getting out there. And, you know, it's, it's just like the thing. If you, if you line 10 photographers up in the same spot to take a picture of the Grand Canyon, you're still going to get 10 different shots, right? Yeah. So if someone lifts some of my stuff, it's still not in the context of, of the world that, that, I, that I create. So, I mean, I mean uh, Tim, Tim O'Reilly, when I, when I worked for uh, O'Reilly Media, he had a great saying is that, you know, he didn't think that, that piracy, generally speaking, is a problem for content creators, especially new content creators. He said that, you know, anonymity is the problem. So he says, you know, if you're to the point where people are stealing your stuff, then, you know, you're kind of on your way. But if, if no one knows you even exist, then, then I think that's, that, that's a bigger problem. Yeah. And I only bring that up in that I just think that those, you know, most people listening to the show create content. Yeah. You just, you know, just figure out how much energy that you want to put in to uh, policing it uh, versus, you know, just creating cool stuff and having people find out who you are. Yeah. Joseph, do you buy that? I mean, do you do you buy that that whole idea that, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I'm just, I just think that, like, some things you can't police and there's always going to be new people that some that are nefarious and some that that claim or feign ignorance, you know, about what's right and what's wrong. And, and we as content creators... And with so much stuff to do, like I never get through my to-do list every day. And now, do I need to add to it, go find people that are stealing copy, you know, or, you know, I don't know. I, should we care, Joseph? Should we care about this and, and well, police it? I think we should definitely care. Um, as far as policing, it obviously depends on how much time you've got to do that sort of thing. And, and I suppose the value of what's out there. If at the end of the day, you're talking about someone stealing an image that you wouldn't have sold anyway that's going to cost you maybe you lost a nickel in sales it's like okay you know is it worth it it kind of sucks so but maybe it's not worth it but if your job is licensing images that earn you tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars and this is potentially lost revenue because a company has stolen it who should have paid for it and certainly could have paid for it then absolutely you have to go after it and unfortunately unless you're doing at least some looking you don't know if it's some you know teenage punk blogger who stole your image or if it's a fortune 500 company that took it yeah 
I, I agree. You, you got to look at least a little bit. N- uh, Nicole, or at least if something comes to your attention, you act on it. Nicole, I will give you the last word on this topic. What do you sure. think? What, what, what should photographers take away from this discussion? Well, I definitely think that, first of all, copyright your work. Uh, whether, you know, whether, I mean, for the most of it, for the majority of us, I guess it's going to be photographs. So I try to quarterly copyright all of the images that I've posted online somewhere or published somewhere. And, you know, that's my protection. I also use uh, Digimark, which is a kind of an invisible watermark. So that way it's not noticeable. Yeah. And uh, that's when I post things online, it's in there. And so if it, if something gets used and it gets scanned and it'll send me an email and say, hey, this is used somewhere. I don't see a lot of it. But people should not, in my opinion, I don't think people should uh, waste energy and time fretting over uh, somebody on Facebook posting a photo of theirs and not linking back to you. You know, it's, it's, you're just going to use so much energy doing that. And it's it's negative energy, too. And create content instead that I do this for a living. You know, I, I don't want people to steal my stuff, but I don't go after people. I don't look for people. If, if somebody Coca-Cola stole one of my photos, wiped something off my blog and used it without my permission, then I would, I would take the, you That's know, a payday. Prop- yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, but I'm not, you know, it's, I had a conversation with someone yesterday uh, about patent trolling mm-hmm. and, you know, people who they create patents just to go after people when they use them. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, y- you have photographers and I don't know any off the top of my head. I don't really know anybody who does this, but you know, there's gotta be people out there who they make a, a really good chunk of money just finding people who use their photos illegally and, you know, going after people, maybe not the big companies, but the little guys who just post something on their blog and, you know, okay, now here's an invoice for $5,000. You know, that's, you could do that legally, uh, you know, but you have to have a lawyer to do, take care of all that stuff. And it's, I don't know, it just kind of seems like bad form to me. It's like, might be legally okay, but it's, uh, it's a lot of energy to do that. So it, re- I, it reminds me of when, and Joseph, you'll, you'll remember that all you guys will remember this, but Joseph in particular and Apple, when, um, when iTunes launched and, it was the whole mindset or part of the mindset behind iTunes was to make because it launched like kind of right on the tail end of the whole Napster thing. And it, the whole idea was we, Steve Jobs was saying, we'll make it make it easy for people to legitimately buy music. Right. Mm-hmm. So if people will always be stealing music, just like people will always steal content and always plagiarize and all that stuff. But by and large, the Apple was betting on there is a large contingency of people that will do the right thing, which turns out was right. So I think, Nicole, you're, you're absolutely right. I think the same thing goes for our work. You know, you can't spend your time and negative and expend all that negative em- energy trying to police all this stuff. You just have to like, at some point you have to draw the line and hope the universe will just self heal and, and do the right thing for you. So It, it even goes with just watermarks you know i've gone from putting a watermark in the corner of my images if you kind of go back on my blog you'll see where i started with watermarks and and now i don't like i I use the digital watermark and i I just think it makes the photo look more beautiful that way that's i'm a photographer i want people to see my best work in front of them and you know you still see the watermarks right in the front and do whatever you have to do you know whatever feels right for you uh for me personally i don't want i don't want that to be on my photograph so it's, I just, I don't know. I, I don't like the energy that it takes to have to worry about that stuff. So I just kind of deal with it if it comes up. Perfect. All right. Before we continue, not that I wasn't paying attention to this whole riveting conversation, but I was over on photohelpdesk.com browsing, <laughs> 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 browsing around. And there's a story, there's a question over there, and it's called, Is Aperture Still Relevant? <laughs> oh, brother. 
<laughs> and look who I have on the show. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I could not have set this up better. I yeah, love like, Aperture. Uh, come on, Derek and, and Joseph. I'm not hating on Aperture. I love Aperture. But the question still remains, and I'm I'm going to ask it here. Derek, I'm going to throw it to you since it's on your site. Yeah. Is Aperture still relevant? Yeah, you're like a dog with a bone on those. Things. I'm not a dog with a bone. I'm just, I'm a dog. You know, I'm, <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. I'm just barking. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. It absolutely And, and you know what I... You know, the guy that asked the question, I, I thought it was, a, it was cool the way he asked it. Uh, but the my first response is when people ask me, you know, I, I'm using Aperture and or any piece of software. And, you know, should I switch? In the Aperture's case, should I switch to Lightroom? And, uh, you know, the first question I always ask is, well, how's how is the software that you're using? How's it working for you right now? I mean, is it getting the job done? Do you like your workflow? Mm-hmm. Are you? Is there something that you're missing? You know that that you know where you would need to change. And a lot of times when I ask people that question, they go, "No, it's working great. I just I just hear Frederick all the time talking about <laughs> <laughs> light. It's not or my whatever. fault. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and then I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. And uh, and 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 so yeah. So that's that's kind of uh, stage one. Uh, stage two, and, and and I did point this out in the in my response is that you know we're talking about two different business models here. Uh, you know, Apple and Adobe. Adobe has to release new versions of Photoshop. Lightroom, you know all of all of their apps. That is their business. I mean, that's that how they is, make money. Yeah, that's how they make money. They have to do it. They have, you know, they have people that are saying, you know, we need X amount of, you know, gross revenue and so on and so forth. Apple, on the other hand, as we all know, uh, in the soft world, they have the luxury of of going about it any way that they want, uh, because hardware is really their game. You know, most uh, a lot of their software is designed to sell hardware, and with Aperture, uh, what they're doing is they're basically on you know in a dot release cycle right now, and uh, they're they're Johnny on the spot with the raw file updates. Uh, they're Johnny on the spot with the bug fixes. Uh, they at like 3.3, 3, uh, they you know introduced they totally rewrote the uh, underpinnings of the application and, and brought in the unified library. So they're doing stuff, but they're not giving it the you know the full Aperture Four, Aperture Five, Aperture Six thing. So you know I just I will go back Frederick to the to the original thing is that is it working for you? Uh, are you happy with it, or is there something uh, is there a need that you have to fulfill? Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, I, I, I gotta, I gotta put it out there. I'm not dissing or hating on Aperture at all. I love Aperture. I own, I purchased Aperture. I own it. You know, my, my complaint slash point is just the, the, and you, I think you addressed it quite nicely there, Derek. I think it's, it's the frequency of updates. And part of that comes from the expectation that has been set by software developers of, Okay, here's another version. And for a while there, it was Apple and Adobe that were doing the one-upsmanship stuff, right? So yeah, and they I got everyone got used, used to, to that. that. And yeah. then it went away, right? But right. if you look at the frequency of updates, Aperture has been updated more frequently in the last year and a half to two years than Lightroom has. And many of Lightroom's updates were beta, what do they call it, RC, release candidates. Yeah. Beta. So Aperture has had more updates. Yeah, but the, you know, the I know it's just the way Apple does stuff. If, if it was version 4.0, nobody would be having this conversation. 
yeah. feature for feature, if it said 4.0 on the box, no one would be asking this question because it's had the feature updates, it's had the, the bug fixes, it's had the releases that it needs. It's just a version number, and that's what's got everybody all up in arms. So, you're, so Joseph, you're saying the marketing department at Apple has failed. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you know, Why don't I, we see what happens next? I don't I think they, a, they care. I have a question <laughs> yeah, for you guys. Not. Go for it, Nicole. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm a Lightroom user, uh, and do you think that the amount of users on, you know, let's say Lightroom versus Aperture would make a difference in the quality of the product over time? Uh, and I say this because I, I sell presets. I have an online store where I do these things. And I ran a survey uh, to, you know, to all the people that subscribe to my newsletter. And I had about almost 600 people respond. And out of uh, those people, 409 said they use Lightroom and 30 said they use Aperture. Mm. So, I mean, that's, and I, you know, of course, it's a little skewed because I don't know if people are, you know, buying the presets on my store because they're primarily Lightroom. It's hard to say. But that sample that I have, I look at that and I go, wow, that's not very many people. And I see it from a perspective of, well, Lightroom has, if that, you know, if only 5% of the population are using Aperture, that means that most of the rest of the people, if they're using some kind of software, they're going to be using Lightroom. That means that there's probably going to be a lot more forum support out there, a lot more mm-hmm. plugins and a lot more uh, training on the top. You know, of course, there is training for Aperture, but you're going to, you, you know, it's probably a lot more training for Lightroom just because there are so many more Lightroom users. So I'm just curious, you know, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just wondering if that would, you know, make a difference in the lo- like longevity of one of the, you know, whether one Ways yeah, a it's, a, it's a bigger, it's a gigantic ecosystem on the Lightroom side that keeps growing. But there's a large, there's a large ecosystem on the Aperture side as well. So that's a great point for both of you guys, Derek and and uh, Joseph. What what does that mean? I mean, if if the ecosystem is that, if if Nicole's numbers are indicative of the market at large, and the market, the Aperture market, is that much smaller than the Lightroom market, what what does that mean for for Aperture in the future? Well, well, for the third-party people who are selling things like presets, it means that they're going to make more money if they sell stuff for Lightroom. But as far as the user is concerned, why does it matter how many other users are using the software? Because that, mean, that means the software will stay around. Because if, you, if, you know, if people can make money selling the software, it's going to go away, and you will have invested all that time organizing a library in software that's gone. Well, I mean, I think the, you got to go back to the premise of why the software exists in the first place. Yeah. And in Aperture's case, it is, uh, it is again, for hardware, right? The, you know, Apple wants to, to create a, an, an ecosystem, and they want to have software that supports that ecosystem that, that makes you go buy Macs or that makes you buy uh, uh, iPads or whatever. Yeah, see, that's, that's the thing, Derek. I, when I was at Apple, I, that was the whole point of, of iLife, you know, or the, the sure. iSoftware was sure. we were creating software to sell Macs, obviously. Right. But since I've, since I've been there, it seems like things have changed a little bit, you know? Well, and think, the mission yeah. is now iOS and, and devices and that kind of thing. So does that mean... Like this is legitimate, right? Does that mean pro applications in general? Because we're talking Logic, we're talking Motion, Final Cut Pro, Aperture, all these guys. Does this mean that they're getting the short end of the stick now because all guns are aimed at iOS and because that's where the money is? Yeah, the consumer. It seems like things are almost for Apple moving more towards the consumer side, less the professional side. Uh, Obviously, that's not the case for everything, but. Uh, Adobe has always kind of prided themselves on having this m- professional software. So you wonder, you know, if that 
Who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. that said, though, there are more consumers than there are professionals. True. That is very true. Are there more consumers who would need raw editing software, though, than professionals? Well, mm-hmm. iPhoto is a raw editing software, so yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you brought up Logic, and that's a great example because Logic was just released, just updated a couple of weeks ago, and it was a major update. It was a long, long-weighted update. It was a similar conversation to Aperture. People thought, oh... Apple's forgetting about it. They're abandoning the market. And then out of nowhere comes this whole new version that has tons of great new features. It's a joy to use from what I understand. I I don't use that use audio software, but from what I understand, it's fantastic. And it has a great iOS component with it. It's got a control pad or something that you can run off your iPad in in a live recording session, live mixing session. That's super cool. And that's the kind of thing that we look at for Aperture go, oh, yeah, a complete mobile component that ties into it seamlessly and not something you have to hack together. So on on this particular impromptu story that I inserted in here, Derek, <laughs> because we're talking about your site, uh, right. once again, what's the name right. of it? Uh, Photohelpdesk.com. Photohelpdesk.com. Great URL. Um, so I'm going to give you the last word on this particular story. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> So bring it home, Derek. Answer the question: <laughs> Is is you know based on everything that we've said, what Nicola said about numbers, and you know the consumer market being larger than the than the pro market? Obviously, what does this mean? Like, what's the bottom line for the Twip audience making a decision? They're sitting they're sitting in front of their computer now. They just bought their brand new camera, and they need something to organize their photos. What should they buy? And don't say it depends on if they're in a Mac or a PC. You know, you know, <laughs> what what should they buy? Well, okay. Well, well you asked about four questions there. So, uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to give so, you the last four words. Then. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I just want to back up to the numbers. It, it all depends on where you're hanging out. If you go to Digital Story, then uh, the Aperture Lightroom numbers are uh, fairly even. Right now, on Photo Help Desk. Uh, and uh, this could be because of there isn't a lot of resource out as much resources for Lightroom out there, but I'm getting a lot more aperture questions. So it it just sort of depends on on where you go hang out. But uh, you know, I just wrote a review for, on Lightroom Five for MacWorld Magazine, and I really liked it a lot. I think it's oh, I terrific. But um, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm doing my photos, I'm going to use Aperture. Uh, because there's just a lot of things that I, I like about it a lot better. And, you know, a lot of the features, like, for instance, in Lightroom 5, one of the things is, hey, now the healing brush, you don't have to use circles anymore. You can just paint, you yeah. know. Well, shoot, we've been doing that for a long time and on the <laughs> Aperture side. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things like that. So I still think for photographers who have a lot of images to organize and who prefer the Apple ecosystem, Aperture's better. I think for photographers that really love to noodle with their images, uh, the develop module in Lightroom is fantastic. And if they're more uh, aligned with the Adobe ecosystem, I think Lightroom is a better choice for them. Okay. All right. So last, last word, because <laughs> we have, I mean, I, as you were talking, Derek, I realized I had Aperture Expert on the show. So yeah. <laughs> right, right. I think I have to give Aperture Expert the last, last word. Joseph? Yeah. I concur. There's my last word. <laughs> What he said, what that guy said. All right, move cool. on. All right, let's move on. So this, the next story, uh, Nicole. I, you know, we we saw each other yesterday at the mm-hmm. Smug Mug event. Uh, Smug Mug rebooted. They uh, they went back to the drawing board and redid Smug Mug, and uh, came up with something really interesting. Also, Instagram uh, about a week or so ago enabled embedding. 
So first of all, I want to talk about Smug Mug. And uh, for the listeners, if you're listening to this away from the website, the This Week in Photo website, go to the website and check out. I did two interviews on the, the Smug Mug premises there. I did one with Chris McCaskill, who's the, uh, the co-founder of Smug Mug. And he and I just sort of dove in and he gave me the the insider peek at why they did what they did and all that stuff. And then also one of their tech guys, Nick Rosinski, gave me a walkthrough uh, from the from from the tech guy perspective of the site. And we did screen capture and all that. So we'll embed both of those in the blog post for this episode. But uh, just to, to quickly run down some of the stuff that they did, um, they've got a new homepage redesign. Um, they've got folders. I think you can go five levels deep. They've got a light box view, a video player, new slideshows, a ton of new themes. You can customize everything. They've got um, gallery level comments, ups and downs, those ups and down things that they had in there are replaced by like. You can create pages now. They've got gallery, all this stuff. You got to go check it out. I can't, I can't just run through it. There's a ton of stuff over there or go watch the video um, that I put up there. So, Nicole, I want to go to you first because you were there and we said hello yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw on Google Plus that you've already migrated your site over, which looks fantastic. Thanks. (laughs) So tell me what you think. What are your initial your initial thoughts as the consumer, you know, with a with a working site, you're making money, you cannot afford any downtime and you're using smug mug. What do you think? What are your first impressions after a day or so? Well, I think that they did a beautiful job with the redesign. It's it's a, a lot of the things that people have been asking for. Uh, now, I will say that I am not as much of a heavy user as some people. You know, I don't have clients where I have people come to my site and and purchase the photos. You know, like like say like a wedding or a portrait photographer would. Yeah. Uh, I hold my um, my port. It's like a portfolio site now with uh, the added bonus of you can purchase the image while you're there and buy a print. Uh, which I will say that it's so it's such a beautiful design that I actually removed my existing portfolio that I had that would link to from my blog and I've made it uh, I've combined the two together because before it was and I actually did a blog post and I kind of showed the side by side comparison before it was just like little thumbnails on my page you know that looked like it was integrated with my blog and now it's like this whole separate beautiful portfolio but the customization the way that they've made it so it's 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 so easy to use. You know, there might be a, a, a slight little learning curve, if, especially if you've never used Smug Mug before, and just kind of understanding, you know, like how the the how the the, the folders and galleries and all those things work, and how you're going to get those into your site. But um, I was able to put mine together, and I think it took me an hour only because I was just, you know, manipulating little things here and there and changing font colors your, and having a lot of little fun. Oh, way, yeah, right? exactly. My geek got in the way. You could probably migrate your site over or start a fresh new site and have one ready to show in like 10 minutes, you know, aside from uploading your photos and, you know, and if you wanted to get title all your photos and things like that. But I think it's great. If, if you need a site where you need to either just show, like have a portfolio site, uh, or if you want to sell your photos, or even like, I'm actually creating albums for my family where they can download photos or print photos at like, you know, pretty much no markup. I just put it in there and they can get the at cost or whatever. Yeah. And that way I can say, hey, family, here are all, all those photos from the last 10 years that I never shared with you. <laughs> Go oh, look yeah, at them. That's a good idea. So, yeah. So I, I'm going to I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of doing that. And and just you, you can have hidden folders. You can have password protected folders. And a lot of these things are just how SmugMug already is. But I think that 
they did an excellent job. The event was pretty cool yesterday. Uh, I think they got scooped by the New York Times like David three hours. Pogue. <laughs> yes. David Pogue. <laughs> oh, they lost their thunder with that. But that's all right. It, it was um, it made a good story. And uh, they, you know, it was it was really well executed with the whole launch of it. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think, you know, of course, like anything, I think they ran. They had a few hiccups. The um, they got yesterday it took all day for my site to migrate because i got home after a late lunch and <laughs> decided to migrate my site over and it took till like 10 10 o'clock at night i think because everyone is doing it at the same time oh, uh, yeah. i think it's i think it's a lot it's a lot faster now actually my husband just did his and it took like less than five minutes for the whole thing to migrate over um so by the time everyone's listening to this if you have a smug mug site and for some reason you haven't done this yet then Go ahead and migrate. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So, so Joseph, I don't, I don't know if you are you are you using SmugMug? I know you're using Squarespace for for Aperture Expert. Are you using SmugMug for anything? I do actually. Um, it's not very public facing. It's more client facing. I use it as a way for clients to review images and make their comments, make their notes on them, and then uh, you know, obviously, I get that feedback back and go to a final select and possibly sell prints if that's what they're doing from there. I, I. Because it hasn't been the most beautiful thing in the world, I haven't used it as a portfolio site. Mm-hmm. When I first set up my photo portfolio back, I don't know, God knows how many years ago, it was a smug mug site, and then it eventually migrated to Squarespace because I could do such so much cooler things there. Um, but obviously now I'm gonna have to look at this again because it's. Yeah. I, I watched the video that apparently you guys were at. It was uh, it was impressive. It's beautiful looking. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's it's got that. It's got that. Uh... I don't know if it's just the zeitgeist of design these days, but that full bleed look mm-hmm. of the image, you know, side to side in the browser and then the mosaic and all that stuff is what uh, I feel like is what Flickr's doing and 500 Pixels is doing. All these guys are doing this. Yep. Derek, 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 what do you think about this? I mean, are you are you using SmugMeg at all for your stuff? I do. I, I use it mainly for clients. I don't use it for portfolio. It, it's a it's a great way for me to deliver photos to my clients, and that's the way I use it uh, primarily. But uh, you know, I've been following the story for sure, and uh, it, I mean, I think it looks terrific. I think they did a great job. I think they put a lot of thought into it, and uh, you know, really wanted to do it right. And uh, I, and I think they did. And you know, kind of along what um, both Nicole and Joseph were saying. That I, I might go back now and look at SmugMug and and maybe use it some different ways now that you know it it has uh, you know improved looks. Yeah, yeah. One of the questions I asked Chris uh, in that interview was how are people using SmugMug because I what they didn't do was do a blog module and we got into a portion of the discussion mm-hmm. was about WordPress and how WordPress is the you know one of the companies that they specialize in words obviously right and and publishing and that sort of thing and then the way he positioned smug mug was they are about the image and they currently don't have a blog module in there so you know what what i was thinking was man wouldn't it be great if for for people because i don't want to go to a bunch of different places wouldn't it be great to just have everything all in one place i got my blog I got my portfolio that looks glossy and and sexy and, you know, I'm done. But like Nicole's site, like Nicole, you set your site up, you've got your blog and you've got your smug mug portfolio next to it. And, you know, they're integrated so you can click on the menu item and go one to the other, other, but you're still in a different experience when you leave one. Is that, do you, do you feel like that's great to have it separate like that? Or is that just a stopgap because you have to do that? Well, for me, I think I don't really have a choice because, well, I used to have it integrated because of the way SmugMug was before, you know, just like last week. Uh, But now, 
I always had a separate portfolio site because I want to make sure that if people come to look at my work, that they have a familiar type of site to go to that go, oh, I know what to do here. There's just a bunch of pictures. I can just look at them. And a lot of what I do is I create, you know, I create a lot of content and teaching things and I need to have all those categories and ways to search. And it'd be really difficult for me to maintain a blog uh, within the you know smug mug hierarchy of things, I think that if you are a, a photographer, l- l- like let's say you let's say you have a personal blog, but then you're also a wedding photographer, and that's something that you do, and you make money from it, and you want to make sure that your wedding clients see your wedding pro- portfolio. But then there's also a blog that talks about oh, this was, you know, Michelle and Bob's wedding last week. And then, you know, because people like to see those types of things. And that's really popular for people to share. Uh, So I don't think it would hurt. I think it would, you know, I think it would, I think people are asking for it. And I think that it it wouldn't hurt. But I'm sure that there's so much in the back end that they would have to do. uh, And because they are, you know, the, the photograph is kind of the star. Maybe that's taking away from the other things they should be doing. You know, like people have asked, I think some of the things that people want are, the the shopping cart, you know, they they want to have things changed there. I don't really know all of the behind the scenes stuff that people are asking for, but they probably just want to make sure they're focusing. You know, it took them two years to go from uh, what they had before to build this whole thing from scratch. Yeah. You know, imagine having to build a whole blogging platform on top of that. It would just, I'm well, sure. That's, I, that's when you go you go all Silicon Valley on them, and like you know, Smug Mug would acquire Automatic or the guys that make right. you know, WordPress. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, I, I'm sure that like before. I was able to hire somebody to integrate SmugMug with my blog, and I'm pretty sure that you can do the same thing with the existing, you know, with the new SmugMug. You just have to. It's not. It's not something you can do yourself unless you know the coding and you know how to do it. Uh, you can cu- customize your SmugMug site the way I did, where I just used the WYSIWYG customizer. That's kind of the default thing. But you can have people actually create custom SmugMug sites for you, and I'm assuming that they could probably make it fit inside of your blog or you know not not fit inside of your blog but mirror your blog yeah so that so way it, it looks feels like, you're like not it's leaving. the same yeah, thing yeah. exactly yeah, yeah i wonder if you can embed if you could take a gallery from smug Money and just embed it grab the code and embed it somewhere else because that would make that whole process a lot easier you can blog wherever you want like on squarespace and then instead of having a photo on squarespace you, you just embed the code drop in the code that is your square uh, is your smug Money gallery you can kind of do that with zinfolio i know you can kind of you can take a a slideshow and embed embed a, a gallery slideshow from your Zenfolio account into your WordPress blog. You know, I just went to the SmugMug site, and if you can, uh, I haven't done it yet, so I don't know what it looks like. But you can click, uh, like a, get a link. There's a thing at the bottom of a photo. Once you click on one photo, you click get a link, mm-hmm. and then uh, I think that's what it says. And then you can it says, it says here you can either link to the photo, uh, you can embed the photo, or it's a or you know is it a link to the I'll have to play with this. Yeah, a direct link. It also says slideshow. See how? Yeah, we'll have to play with this. You know. Yeah, I need to look at that too. If you can embed, I should ask Chris that. If you can embed slideshows, then that's huge. Like really, really cool slideshows into like a full width page on your site. Then that that is like basically making a portable version of live books. (laughs) You know, you just bring it into your site and you're done. Oh, Derek, Derek, what do you so so you said you maintain a separate site for clients that smug mug that you drive people to and you got your price list set up in there and password and username and all that stuff. Is that a pain Actually, in the butt for even, you? I don't even do that. I, I just uh, I post the galleries uh, with the images at a certain resolution. And the thing that I like 
about smug mug is it allows me to set the parameters for each gallery so you know you know can you disable right click or can you enable it and you know and all that sort of stuff you can set you know what resolution people can download mm-hmm. and it's just really convenient for for me delivering content to to clients i just send them to the gallery and right away they can grab the stuff that they need and if they need something with a little bit more work, then they can just send me the file number and uh, I can work on them more and, and get that to them. So I, I just think it's just a, a handy way to, you know, to, to post stuff for clients. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. And we reported, actually a couple of weeks ago, I think it was Photo Shelter that had announced their new service. They, I don't, In my opinion, they didn't do as near a good job, obviously, as what SmugMug did in, did in terms of this announcement. SmugMug went all... Apple keynote Steve Jobs on you know with this launch photo shelter launched it but it wasn't you know they launched their beam service but it wasn't the big sort of social media explosion that uh, that smug mug did but the what they did the photo shelter beam service they've got um, I'm looking at I'm looking in the notes now and they've got um, let's see it's an industry leading image archiving solution that supports large file sizes um, it's the only site where buyers can search for your images. They they say they've got the most built-in features and up to one terabyte of storage um, for twenty nine ninety nine a month or forty nine ninety nine a month, depending on your what level you're at. And they've got live tech support. So, and I went through and I sort of poked through the the Photo Shelter site, just doing my due diligence. And the sites, the the themes that they have over there, they look pretty good. But again, it's it's that whole zeitgeist of Everything's about the image. It's full bleed, giant images, and navigation, which is subordinate and small on the side. So, I think it's uh, you know if you're if you're considering a change, definitely do your homework and go look at all these sites. But yeah, SmugMug definitely made a giant splash yesterday when they made this announcement. So the next thing that I want to chat with you guys about is Instagram. So Instagram turned on a feature that allows you to embed their photos, and I was I was looking at this and I was like. Is this so much a feature or did they remove a restriction? (laughs) (laughs) Because the web is designed to allow you to embed images. They just didn't allow you to do that on Instagram. And now they're making a big deal that, hey, now we have a new feature that allows you to do what the web does at its DNA level, you know. So I don't know, Nicole. What do you think about this? You, you know, you use Instagram. Uh, does being able to embed your photos change anything? You know, in terms of how you use the service? I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I, I honestly didn't even know about it until it was in the show notes. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, we can. I am embed Instagram's now. marketing department. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I think. I don't know. I guess Instagram. The thing is, for Instagram, it's on Instagram. The only other place I put my Instagram photos are in my Smug Mug. I actually have a gallery in my Smug Mug uh, that has all of my kind of hand selected Instagram photos that oh, I actually think would look idea. good as prints. I'm going to steal you know, that idea. The whole square. Yeah, go for it. The square crop thing. I really like it. But I don't. I don't post them on my. Maybe I will now because I have it. But I don't really. Never really was like. Oh, I really wish I could post an Instagram photo on my blog. And uh, can other people post? Other, like could Frederick, could you post one of my Instagram photos? Yes, I could. It I def- shows that it's see that's that's where I wonder if people are going to be like, wait a minute, how do I disable it if it's not a, you know if it's something that you can't disable? I don't know. But uh, you know what I was thinking? I was I thought about that. At the same time, I could go to whateversite.com and get the get the the file the path to that image and embed it in my site too. You know, if you know a little bit of HTML, you can embed oh, yeah. whatever image from wherever wherever. 
Unless they restricted yeah. like Instagram did. <laughs> no, I, I'm right. I'm on Instagram on the web and I'm right clicking someone else's photo and I can do a save as. So wait, let's see what <laughs> yeah, happens. Yeah, oh, see, there the you image. go. See. There's the save yep. as. You could just save as and upload somewhere and then embed yep. it. You know? Yeah, the embed code does include your your name and your um, you know your username on there, so they can click through and see the rest of your pictures. Yeah, it shows how many likes and comments it has, but it doesn't get let, let you like the picture or let you read the comments. For that, you have to click through. And it actually took me a while because I embedded one on my own page just to see how it worked. You have to click on a button up in the top right corner not click on where you actually like or read the comments. So that's a little bit counterintuitive. Mm. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out here on the web because I don't even see anything that I can embed. I can report it's, inappropriate. That's, yeah, it's the bottom right. It's the it's like three the dots at the bottom the right. Yeah, the screenshot that we have in the notes, is it must have been old. They must have changed it after half a minute because it's, uh, it's a little you... drop-down menu at the bottom right. Click mm. on an image. Yeah, I mean, you know. There we go, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it. It just seems like... I don't know. It's like, <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, it's one of the things I was hoping that this was going to do yeah. is I know you're probably going to make fun of me, but I, I do use Pinterest for the purpose of when I find images that I really like that I want to keep in kind of a scrapbook. So I've been doing more and more portraits. And so I've been using Pinterest. If I find a portrait that I like on the web, no matter where it is, I'll just add it to my little portrait inspiration collection, if you call it. Yeah. You cannot Pinterest things from Instagram on the phone, no matter what, you, when you pull up the, if you're in Instagram and you say copy, share URL or copy the URL, and then you launch Pinterest and then you load that web page. Now you're looking at the Instagram web page. When you say pin it, it doesn't pull up that picture. It pulls up the pictures of the icons of the users, but not that picture. Mm-hmm. It's virtually impossible to do it from your phone. And I find that incredibly frustrating. So I was hoping when this came up, like, oh, what? Maybe finally they're releasing it a little bit. You can do that. Nope. Derek, Derek, what do you what do you think about this? I mean, do you do you even care that Instagram embedded, you know, enabled embedding? Well, yeah, I do. I mean, sometimes it's it's kind of handy to just be able to go there and, and get the code. My complaint with it is that uh, they don't do. I mean, what, I like one thing that YouTube does, where it lets you you know pick different sizes for mm. the embedded image. So Instagram, they have this like this Wamo size image, and you know, Instagram is. In my opinion, Instagram photos are meant to be viewed small. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the way we shoot them, and that's the way we're you know thinking they're going to be consumed. And so, having an image that's you know 750 pixels or whatever the the you know the embed code says there, uh, you know, is is that's a little brutal. I don't want my Instagram photos that big. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot something else then. So um, you know, I, I think it needs a little refinement. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about it because, Nicole, you're saying, when would I use this? And I'm thinking, well, I'm going to I think I'll use it in the episode, this blog post episode. There you go. Yeah. Because I shot some photos or there's some photos that I put on Instagram of the Smug Mug event. And I don't you know, I could upload them from my phone and then embed them. But why not just post the Instagram photos in the blog post? So. I will demonstrate a usage <laughs> of Instagram embedding live in the This Week in Photo blog. <laughs> so, Nicole, how do you grab the images that you're putting onto your Smug Mug Gallery? Are you just uploading them manually? I just pull them from my phone. I just so, uh, I import it into Lightroom, and then I just take them from there. So here's a, a fun little thing you might want to look at. Have you, are you familiar with If This Then That? Oh, sounds yeah. really familiar, yeah. Yes. If this we talked about service, that on the show. Yeah, Did you? It's yeah, it's a service where you have dozens and dozens of dozens of modules where you say if this happens and it can be 
um, well, related to Instagram, it can be if I post a photo to Instagram, if somebody else posts a photo, if someone posts a photo ta- and tags me in it, if I post a photo and it is hashtagged such and such, then do this. And so I have one set up. I do this little guestbook series photo thing that I do here in my gallery, uh, in my studio. And if I post a picture that has the hashtag guestbook series, then if this and that automatically grabs it and emails it to my um, Squarespace website and it gets posted automatically into the gallery on Squarespace. Automation. I love that. Beautiful. Nice. I first learned about If This Then That on on one of the few podcasts that I listen to. Um, I don't even listen to Twip, by the way, truth be told. But (laughs) (laughs) one of the few podcasts I listen to is called Mac Power Users. Um, And they had this whole episode on automation and how how you can make your life easier using different things and they talked about if this than that it was just amazing there's joseph did you know there's even you can buy um i think who makes that um i forget what the company is i'll have to find them but they make these plugs that you can plug lamps into they make one that's like a mm-hmm. you know all these kind of things that you can bring the internet into the real world so you could do things like you could say okay when it gets dark turn this light on you know or just this like stupid stuff like that, but you yep. can tie in the web to the physical world using if this then that. So yeah, it's I think it's the the Belkin ones, the Wemo Belkin. Yes, devices. thank you. Yep, thank you. Yeah, that's that is very cool. And there's a lot of goofy things about it, but there's some very cool ones as well. Yep. You know, you can have if the your stock price of whatever company goes below a certain price, you can have a light bulb that turns red. Come on, I mean, you yeah, know. exactly. Hey, why not? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I love that stuff. I love it. It's, I'm it's on the scary. site right now. This is really cool. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, you know, I had a little minor emergency at my house. We had a little fire um, a couple of weeks ago um, that did, I don't know, maybe $40,000 worth of damage. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, but it's all fixed now. It's all it's all good. But, you know, one one of the things that I learned out of this whole ordeal um, was that I lost Internet. And, you know, like I was saying earlier in the show, my Internet got went down because I don't know whatever happened between the line and at my house in the street, something got damaged and my internet went down to like 0.5 megabits per second. Um, but I realized how dependent I am on the internet. I mean, cause I went all geek and I got, you know, those nest thermostats. Mm-hmm. So I've got two nests in my house, one upstairs, one downstairs. So during this whole <laughs> or- ordeal, I couldn't control my... <laughs> Wait, you mean you had to walk to the thermostat? To no, it, it's connected to the internet. You, you can't know, even could, change it manually? Yeah, you can change it manually, but like, <laughs> but I'm outside. I want to change, you know, you know, I'm, I'm getting lazy. I'm a child of 2013. So that uh, Netflix, none of that stuff worked. Um, I, because my where my house is, it's relatively remote. So I had to put the uh what do you call it the uh at&t m cells in the house to you know extend my cell service oh, yeah. those went down so i couldn't call anybody <laughs> you know? hey, so, frederick, frederick yes. you need to go camping man <laughs> <laughs> you, you really do i know i know you got you got to do a reset there <laughs> no you, you know what you derek honestly what i'm doing is what this whole ordeal has pushed me to was you got too much crap. <laughs> you, know, you, you got too much stuff that could likely burn up, you know? So now I'm in the process. I'm in this minimalism thing. I'm like throwing all kinds of stuff away. And, you know, do I really need that, you know, that extra tripod? Now let me get rid of it, you know? So I'm, I'm doing the less is more thing in my house now. So, well, I mean, the, the whole reason why I bring up the camping thing, it's so weird 
because I mean, I am not a person that's going to condemn anyone that's knee deep in technology. I think it's a blast, right? It's how I make my living. Mm -hmm. But what's so funny is that when I'm out working, you know, photography, camping in the wilderness and so forth, something that on this, like the second day changes and I literally can sit, you know, in a chair on a log or something and just stare at what's in front of me for hours and <laughs> really yeah i i swear to god and uh it's 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 like a, there's a whole thing that changes once i get away from you know the environment where i have glowing things around me all the time it's, it's very like interesting sensory input deprivation right <laughs> well it's uh, well there's a lot to watch you just see other stuff you know you're watching you know birds and wind and all that kind of stuff i need i i need some of that action like seriously <laughs> it, it's really interesting and it's you know it's fun too this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TWIP8. And remember, in this episode, we mentioned that Derek Story with his new photohelpdesk.com website and Joseph Lenaski with apertureexpert.com both use squarespace.com to drive their online efforts and one of the reasons or a bunch of the reasons why they do that is squarespace is easy everything is drag and drop you can use drag and drop to add content from your desktop even rearrange elements and content within a page they've got 24 7 support so if you get stuck you can call them anytime and they do live chats during the week Plus, they have an extremely fast email support service, so you can get them throughout the day and night. Squarespace is design-focused, so they really care about just sort of the look and feel and the design of their templates and sites. Everything is extremely clean. They allow your content to be the focus of the website. Plus, you can easily connect your Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Google+, and many other social services directly into your website. And to wrap everything up, they've got a re responsive design. Every Squarespace website has its own unique mobile design. So depending on whatever device is looking at your site, it's going to look beautiful. It's perfect whatever device, device is looking at it. And on top of all this, they've added commerce. Squarespace recently added e-commerce to the platform. So if you want to set up shop and sell things, you can do it in just a few minutes. So you can start a free trial. You don't need a credit card. You can start building your website. And then when you decide to purchase that website and sign up for Squarespace, you can do so. Just use the offer code TWIP. Eight, and they'll knock 10% off the purchase price. That's TWIP8 for 10% off. Squarespace, it's everything you need to create an exceptional website. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's move right along. It's time for some listener Q&A. This is the segment where we answer questions that have been at the top of some of our TWIP Army's minds. And this first question is from Tom. He says... Image sharing choices abound. The new Smug Mugs and Folio, 500 Picks, Google Plus, Flickr's resurgence, and a myriad of self-hosted solutions. And as we discussed earlier on the show, Instagram now allows image embedding too. What does the panel suggest as a workflow or suite of services to focus on? In other, in other words, which services should I use? No pun intended. So what, what do you think? Nicole, let me throw it to you first. So... Tom is saying there's a bunch of stuff out there. There's too many choices out there, and they're all good. It'd be easy if 
Smug Mug was awesome and everybody else sucked, but everybody else <laughs> is really good too. So how what what does what is Tom to do? How does he make the choice? Uh well, it's it's hard to say what he should do. I, I mean, I can say what I do and what I do is I pretty much just post to every single one of them, <laughs> other than Zenfolio. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you, you know, because the thing is, I usually neglect Flickr for some reason. It's just I usually just forget about it, and I, I'm, I'm realizing I need to sign up for the if this then that, right? And that should there fix that for me. Mm-hmm. Sure. So sign up for this it, for if, if this, this then that. Then that yep. Post to one of them, and then it'll post to all the other sites. Uh, no, like so, okay, Smug Mug is a place for your own. Like for me, I use it as a place for my own as a portfolio. I post my very best work and I let people look at them or if they want to buy a print, you know, they can do that. But that's not really a social site. So uh, 500 pixels is kind of my go-to photo, beautiful photo sharing pic, uh, kind of kind of a social site because people are going to see it and like it or comment or whatever. But Google Plus is probably my main one. That's where I'm going to share most of my content uh, other than maybe my blog, you know, I share it, but they all have different audiences The other different people are going to see your stuff. So you kind of have to say, well, <laughs> I should probably just post to everything because like my family, they're not on Google plus, they're only on Facebook. So they're going to see my stuff on Facebook. I have people who follow me on my blog. Maybe they're not following me on Google plus, you know, so they're only going to see the stuff I've posted on my blog. So I just post it everywhere. I mean, I, there are some things that I, I don't post all my Instagram photos to everything, you know, those go to like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. But I don't put that um, on my blog, or I don't put it on. See, this all Google sounds Plus, too complicated know? already. I know it's like, it is complicated. It's like your own personal if this then that running in your it head. Is. <laughs> just, just post everything everywhere. That's my answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> post everything everywhere. So there is no one. Choose everything. I don't, yeah. know. I don't know. Joseph, what about you? I mean, there's there's a ton of choices, right? And yeah. you're using a bunch of these. You're using Smug Mug, like you said. You're using. Um, what, what else are you using? You're using, uh, Squarespace at least. What else? Right. Well, they do, things do have a specific place for a specific reason for the most part. Like I said, Smug Mug is really just about galleries for clients to review stuff. So it's not public facing. Um, although again, that's probably going to change now because I was looking through my Smug Mug and I have thousands and thousands of photos that have been posted into galleries up there that most people have never seen. <laughs> um, I don't use 500px very often just because I don't I just never got into it and I felt like you really need to get into it to get into it. Um, I post my photos on my website. They go on to photojoseph.com and they're, that's a Squarespace site and that's where they're uploaded to and that's where they sit and if people want to comment on them then you know, they can do that there. Uh, I don't really post my professional work on places like Flickr and everything else. But my the most of the stuff that I post is my Instagram social sharing photos, and those go absolutely everywhere. Even as you know, I've got the iFi card, right? And so yep. I'm shooting with a small camera, pushing that over to the phone, and then Instagramming it. And when it Instagrams, it also goes to pay- Facebook, it goes to Twitter, it goes to Flickr, it goes to uh, a Tumblr, it goes, or, yeah, it goes everywhere. Everywhere that it can go from Instagram, it goes. And if they added Google Plus, if they added all these other things, it would go there as well. So for for you Joseph, for you Joseph, Instagram is the truth. So everything goes to Instagram and then spreads out from there. Yes, because I like the interface, I like the way it works, and I like that I can spread to so many places at once from there. Okay, that's yeah. cool. I like that. And I do have an if this and that set up to take Instagram photos and push them over to Google Plus. But the problem is that there's all it does is upload it to the gallery. There's no notification. It doesn't then automatically post it on my page. Google has virtually no APIs for this sort of thing. None of your blog sites can automatically post to 
Google Plus when you update your site or add a new blog entry. It's just non-existent, and I don't understand why Google's not doing that, but there you go. Nicole, can you you know people at Google, right? Can you? <laughs> I know you, people. <laughs> you, you you know person at Google. You can... <laughs> I know person. I don't know why. I'm yes. not the right person to ask. <laughs> All right, Derek. Derek, what about you? I mean, you know, what's what's the flow like for for Derek and the digital story empire? You know, you're 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 a content creator. You're generating images all the time, and you got to share them. You know, and teach people how to share them. So, what's what's the truth? You know, how do you, what do you do? How do you how do you choose between these services? Well, I mean, one of the things that I would say around that is that you know what what is necessary. I mean, you know, is is this something that's for fun, or is this something that uh, you know you're a content creator like you know we are, and you need the SEO? Uh, Google Plus is fantastic for. SEO. I mean, it really is. And, you know, and, and so I, I like it a lot for that. I love Instagram too. I, I, you know, it's just, I don't know, it just gets under your skin. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Flickr and uh, very happy to have it come back. And uh, so I like Flickr quite a bit also. So, I mean, it, 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 it just uh, it depends on, on, you know, what you want to do. But what I would say, if you're not a content creator, lurk on these different sites for a while, find a, an area, a community that you like, that you're comfortable with, and then, you know, make that your main, your main thing. Yeah. 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 What, I, what I'm getting from this whole discussion is there is no one right way. I think Tom was looking for a formula of, you know, someone saying, oh yeah, put all your X kind of photos on Smug Mug and your Z kind of photos on 500 pics and then do this <laughs> on Google Plus. I, I feel uh, really badly for the people who ask questions because it seems like most of the time the answer is, well, it depends. <laughs> it's the best answer. It, it, yeah. It's, it, I mean, we could, that's why, that's why I can only say, well, this is what I do. You know, I can, Yes, it's it's hard to say. Yeah. But you're and right, they, Derek. You're really right about the whole fact that we are content creators, and so we approach things a lot differently than somebody yeah. who's, uh, you know, they're on the sharing site to be social and, uh, you know, maybe interact with other photographers. Of course, we do the same thing, but it's not as important to them to be on everything. Yeah. And it's a real moving target. I mean, I I think the hardest part about my job right now is this really. You know, keeping up with you know the, all the things that are going on, and uh, so even the answer that I give today, really, if if I do a little research tomorrow morning, you know, it might end up being different. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I mean, because things you you hit it right on the head, Derek. Things constantly change on the internet. Yeah, you know, for the better. Things are evolving. Things are getting polished. Like even Smug Mug, you know, they're rebooting and making things better. So once you get used to something, you build up that muscle memory. There are no guarantees that that muscle memory is going to be relevant tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's good. I think the the takeaway from from this question for Tom is like Nicole said, it depends. You know, it depends on <laughs> what you what you want to get out of this, what your goals are. Are your goals to, you know, are you a wedding photographer? Your goals are to reach brides and, you know, you're doing this. Are you just doing this for fun or are you an educator? You know, it it depends. It's a it's a broad question. What she said yeah, what she said, <laughs> what Nicole said. All right, guys, let's jump into the Picks of the Week segment. This is um, where you guys can recommend to the TWIP Army anything that is related to photography. Nicole, you have the honor of, of having not been on TWIP for the longest amount of time, so I'm going to let you go first. What's your pick of the week? I actually have two. 
I'm making up for the fact that I haven't been on for a while. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right. So my first one is, uh, it's about uh, art shows. And I signed on, I don't even know how I discovered this site. Uh, it's called Raw, rawartists.org. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually doing a show with them. I mean, it's it's one of those things where they have a lot of artists, a lot of different mediums, and they they get them together, they find a location, and then they put on a show. So I'm going to be in San Jose actually doing one of these uh, art shows. But they're really great. Uh, I'm really impressed so far because they're not-for-profit. You know, I don't think they're a not technically a not-for-profit, but they don't do this to make money. They do this to help and support the local artists, and, and they have them all over the U.S. I'm not sure if it, re if it goes beyond the U.S., uh, but if you go to their website, then you'll be able to find the closest location to you. Um, but I just wanted to put that out there because I know it's it's one of those things. It's not easy. This is actually my first show. You know, I've been doing photography for so long, but I've never really done the type of photography where I'm seeking an audience in, in terms of actually putting a show. So I'm really excited about it. So just to kind of, if you are in the San Jose area, um, I have it posted on my blog. You can go ahead and go over to nicolzi.com and find that uh, if you do, if you want to meet me and say hi. Thanks. But so that's, this is going to be a physical show. Physical it's a physical show, I'm, and I'm actually using backlit boxes uh, nice. for my. Yeah, because it's it's going to be a really dark environment. I was like, well, instead of lighting uh, canvas prints or whatever else I would print, I'm just going to use backlit boxes. And, That's cool. Um, so uh, I'm yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited to see how my so I I kind of selected my photos uh, that would look really well with a backlit box. And just for those of you who aren't sure what those are, just if you go to backlitbox.com, you'll see, you'll see what I'm talking about. So or you can come to the show in person and you'll see what they look like <laughs> with my prints. I think they so, should come to the show in person. I think they as, should. As you were talking, I just purchased two tickets. Tickets, or I'm oh, on the yeah. no, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm on the payment information page. I have to run <laughs> and get my credit card, but. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll, ex I'll explain that real quickly. The, the tickets are $10. Uh, you buy them ahead of time, and it's really just to pay for the event. It's not going into anybody's pockets other than the people that are working the show. Um, the artists, you know, we don't really make any money. Um, but yeah. So if you can make it, that'd be awesome. I'd love to meet some TWIP listeners in person. And so that's my first pick. Raw is it, is it sorry, is it only hanging the one day? It's oh I'm sorry I should probably give a date too right yeah that <laughs> would help Nicole yeah. August fifteenth in you're San new, Jose right? you're new I'm new it's my first day uh, August fifteenth in San Jose at the, I think it's the Rodeo Club so yeah so there's that awesome. and what were you saying did you have a question Joseph I'm sorry oh just is it only the one day that was the question yeah it's just a one day show one it's like a you know it's kind of a kind of get dressy kind of an event, you know, they, they really kind of put a show. I'm really excited, excited to see. That's cool. That's no, I'm going to be down in the Bay area, but a week and a day after that. So, oh. mm -hmm. you better, you better call me when you're here, Joseph. <laughs> Unforgivable. Yeah. Not offense. like we can't still get together. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Go. So I'll go on to my second. I'm taking so much time with my picks here. My second one is I'll, I'll make this short. It's a, uh, so I'm a food photographer and I use a lot of, uh, tabletop surfaces and, wood boards and table, you know, things to photograph my food on to make it look like it's a unique type of surface. And I played around with some vinyl prints that I received. They look like they're basically just uh, wooden boards, but they're printed on vinyl. And I wanted to see if I could do it myself. So I went to a website, uh, printrunner.com. I took one of my texture images and I had it printed as a... Um, uh, just like as you know, like a three by three foot thing. So I put that down, put some food on it, and photographed it. But it was like fifty dollars. It wasn't necessarily inexpensive. But if you are interested in kind of creating your own backdrops, they, you know, I, I'm not sure how large they could get. But if you do any type of smaller photography or even children, you know, like babies or 
small children in a small area, you might be able to get something printed that would work and it'd be all of your own kind of creation. But I, um, I linked to a food uh, photo in the show notes here that uh, will show kind of a close-up example of what that looks like. And I'm sure I have some other posts somewhere um, with the, the one that I printed. So just and you, you link to a photo that happens to be on your smug mug. So oh, let's... look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like everything just sort of dovetails together. I, I know. It. It's, all, it's gone first full circle now. So Love it. Cool. All right. All right. Thanks, Nicole. I appreciate <laughs> sure. it. I love your food photography, Nicole. I, I know. It always makes me hungry. hungry. Oh, that's a good thing. Yes. Yeah, it's that's, great. That's a good thing. Great work. <laughs> Thanks. Perfect. All right, Joseph, since you're talking, what's your what's your pick of the week? All righty. So mine's mine's a biggie. This is the it's the Lastolite 78 inch skylight reflector kit. And 78 inches, for those who aren't so quick at math, is a six and a half foot square thing that is a it's a reflector, but what's more interesting to me than that is the diffuser part of it. So when you get it, it comes with uh I think it's a silver and a, and a white and I think also a black sheet that you can wrap around it. But those just went in the drawer. I was interested in the diffusion panel. So you have this massive six and a half by six and a half foot diffusion panel. It's very lightweight. It's easy for, it's, because it's so big, you kind of need two people to hold it up or get the stands for it. And it just allows you to have this massive, massive diffusion panel. It's really, really what do you, cool. What do you put behind that to, to generate the light? The sun. <laughs> you know, a giant ball of fusion. <laughs> It's pretty slick. Um, now, that's very interesting. Someone is mar- marking in the show notes that is marked as discontinued. I just got mine last week, so I'm not quite sure what that's all about. Did you buy it from uh, B&H? B&H? Yeah, I sure no, did. It says, it says discontinued Look at on that. It site. does. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Discontinued. What's up with that? I don't know. Let me, let me do a quick search and see if it's – maybe I just uh, grabbed an old page or something, but – you know, I just bought, um, it's not a square, but I bought, a, it was, I think it's a six foot tall and it's like a rectangle shaped diffusion pl- panel that I'm starting to use now for my food photography. And I think it's only like $75. You made Ooh. me think of it. I'm like, oh, I have, that'd be a perfect pick too. Um, wow. No, it's almost so. everything. There's got to be something going on because nearly everything from Last of Light is showing is discontinued on B&H. Uh-oh. That's odd. Do we have a scoop here on Last of Light? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Well, the, the if you can get your hands on one, uh, hey, maybe now you can get it for about half of what I just paid for it. Dang. Um, <laughs> but it breaks down like a, the the frame is kind of like a tent pole. It's lightweight aluminum with the little rubber stretchy things in it. So it comes together, comes apart and goes back together quite easily. Uh, it just takes a couple minutes to put together. And it's just this big, massive diffusion panel. So if you're doing any kind of outdoor portrait stuff where you're shooting more than a face or two, if you're shooting any kind of groups or just larger, you know, want to get a couple of people, get farther back, whatever, you can get a really nice soft light out of it. Wow, that's cool. All right, well, let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully it, uh, you know, by the time this airs, they'll have them back in stock. So. Yeah. All right, Derek Story, what's your pick of the week? I'm actually going to go with a camera this week, which I, I try not to do, but You always I, go with inexpensive stuff. You're going I with... know, I know. I can't help myself, though. And uh, and actually, Nicole, I actually thought of you when uh, uh, when I was deciding to to choose this because you like to shoot with the Fujifilm uh, 100, right? Or yeah, well, 100. I have the I have the 100S. Yeah, you have the S now. Mm. Yeah. So uh, mine is a Ricoh uh, GR, and this is a camera. I'm actually reviewing it for MacWorld. This is a camera that that when I received it, I was going ah you know i i wasn't that excited in all honesty and uh the reason why was because of it was a you know a fixed lens camera in other words it has an equivalent of a 28 millimeter f2.8 
uh, lens on there. And I, I like to change lenses and I like zoom lenses and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I thought, well, it's just, I'm not, you know, I'm just not going to use it that often. And uh, I took it out on a, on a couple trips and I just really fell in love with it. And it's everything that I have heard other photographers say that when you're shooting just with a single focal length was that a different part of my brain kicked in and uh, I, I really felt like I was more creative and came up with shots that uh, I wouldn't have otherwise. And the image quality is just gorgeous and it's super light and the LCD is, is uh, fantastic and the lens is sharp. And you have an APS-C uh, size sensor in there that uh, you know, really just allows you to do all sorts of great stuff. The dynamic range in particular has impressed me. So I um, and it's the most affordable of those of the bunch in terms of the um, you know the APS-C compacts that have uh, eight hundred bucks on B and H eight hundred bucks and Joseph yeah. it's not discontinued yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is back back ordered <laughs> yeah there's I think there's some other people that fell in love with it too so I in fact I'm taking it it's in my it's in my bag for uh, the trip where I'm flying out tomorrow. Uh, I, I'm going to have a hard time sending it back. So are you, so you're taking this to Hawaii with you? This is your primary I, camera or backup? No, it's, it's, I'm taking it and I'm taking the Fujifilm X20 and then I'm taking uh, an Olympus, uh, TG2 for my snorkeling. I, you know, I, I'm a fish, so I love to be in the water. So I'm, I'm going to take the TG2 for that. That is so cool. Leave the yeah. OMD behind, huh? Huh? Leaving the OMD behind? Yeah, I'm not going to take the OMD on, on this trip. Uh, you know, for me, the OMD has become one of my work cameras, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm. and uh, so it's been a real workhorse for me. I, I love it. But I want to, you know, I love the, the Fujifilm camera. I don't get to shoot with it enough. And, you know, I'm really liking this Ricoh. So I, I want to take my, my, my play cameras, you know, the ones that uh, I wish I could shoot with more. It's funny, you know, Joseph. You you were you were talking about shooting with the iFi card and sort of sharing mm -hmm. it to your phone and all that. That's it for the. You know, I did an interview with Ziv Galat of one of the co-founders of iFi a while ago, and he gave me one of their new iFi cards. And I, you know, I had it. It's in my in my bag with my OMD. And but the first time I used it, sort of in earnest on a real job was yesterday. You know, so mm -hmm. I. I was at the Smug Mug event, and I'm like, okay, you know, I actually have my iPhone out. I'm like, let me take a picture of the crowd, and and put it on Instagram. And then I was like, wait a minute, I got the iFi card, I got my OMD right here. Let me put the let me put the iFi card in the OMD, and maybe and put a better quality shot up. So I did, and it was just, you know, I don't know, Derek, you and I talked about this in San Francisco mm -hmm. when we were sitting there chatting, but th just that moment of sort of clarity of like okay this image looks great on this camera and now it's in my phone and now it's on Instagram within 3 minutes right. was it, amazing it's a, it's a beautiful thing and you're talking about the Moby right yeah the Moby yeah yeah yeah, yeah the the Moby changed everything for me uh in terms of iFi i i mean i i love it too and and the actually that card the, the Moby's in all 3 of my cameras that, well i'm uh, curious why would it change everything i mean it does it's easier to set up, but other than that, it doesn't do anything different as far as sending pictures to your phone. It's no, it's just a lot easier. I mean, the the okay. way that it handles ad hoc, uh, I think, is is so much better. 
You know, yeah, I, and for me, it was like I, I was, I was always futzing around with the other iFi cards, and you know the yeah, minute tweaking this, tweaking that. Yeah. yeah, the minute you hit a hiccup, then you know this, then I just lose interest in the whole thing. Then I'm going, well, <laughs> shoot, then I just might as well get out my you know my SD card reader from my iPad and put it in that way. Yep. And uh, the Mobi has has just eliminated that little bit of frustration mm. to uh, make it more fun. Yeah, I tell you, you know, I was sitting there, Nicole, you were there, you know, we're sitting there, there, it was like sort of elbow to elbow room in those little chairs in the, in the event, the event area where they did this. And I just had the epiphany. I'm like, you know what, let me slap this iFi card in here and see if I can put a better quality image since I have this awesome camera and the internet, you know, and an iPhone. Let me see if I can connect the dots and do this. And I did it and it, it was great, you know, and I'll 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 use uh, Instagram embedding to embed that photo. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna go full post. circle one more time here. I actually got a photo. I got a behind the scenes photo of you taking that picture, and I posted it on Instagram. Oh, but that's I cool. Uh, right. I we'll put that in the show yet. notes too. So yeah. you get a shout. You can me. embed that photo from my Instagram page. In that's awesome. That's perfect. Yeah. See, that's that's crazy. I mean, that's that's just just an illustration of how cool things are today. You know. How you can do that? You can take a cool, like Derek, like you wrote this in your in your book, right? What, what's the title of your book? iPad for Digital Photographers by Wiley. in that book. I mean, you talk about this the whole idea of being able to be completely mobile and go out there and capture this stuff, you know. So, yeah. and I felt it, you know. I felt the whole moving from the, the my old film DNA to. I'm shooting, I'm sharing, and while Don McCaskill was on stage talking, people are liking and commenting on the photo that I just took <laughs> you yeah. know? with my with a real camera, not just with my iPhone, with a real camera. So just amazing. It's amazing stuff. So anyway, um, so my pick of the week is, um, this is kind of related to photography. I always do that. I always like go kind of outside of photography, but this is still <laughs> photography related because you can control photography stuff with it. Um, but it is a device called a Leap Motion Controller. So if you go to leapmotion.com, it's kind of like Minority Report for your Mac. So you buy this thing. It's like a little box that's maybe around the size of an iPhone that plugs into a USB port on your computer. You set it. In front of your Mac, um, whether it's a portable or a desktop, in front of your display, and it creates this field in front of your display that when you insert your hands into the field, it maps your fingertips and everything that you're doing. So now you can point at things and drag things around and, and swipe and all that stuff in the physical space that's hovering in front of your display and over your keyboard. It's just insane, you know? So... We're gonna, I'll, I'll link to this in the show notes, but it, it seems it seems really cool. I haven't bought it, I haven't purchased it, and I haven't played with it yet. But from the demos that I've seen, it just seems like insanely cool. Like I want this built into my Mac in in my the next version of the Mac that I purchase. Have you have you guys seen this, Derek? Have you seen this leap motion thing? I haven't. I, I've I've read I've read about it like you, but I haven't had a chance to actually you know play with it yeah so i'll be very curious if you go for it will you let me know i'm let me, gonna go for it let me go yeah to the let me page. know let me know i'm going uh, to the buy page right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
it's honestly, only eighty like, bucks. It's eighty seven ninety eight with shipping and tax and all that. So it, hanging out with us seems to be bad for your credit card. Oh you my know, god! You, yeah. that, you know, uh, I think it's like we give you, yeah, yeah, do it, Frederick, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hanging out with Scott Bourne oh, made me buy god. this Olympus OMD. So I guess <laughs> that was a good purchase. <laughs> it's all Scott Bourne. It's it's his fault. So. And Derek, I don't know, you, you put the nail in the last coffin on using small small cameras and getting big results from them. So. Yeah, I thought, I thought I was your OMD guy. <laughs> I thought I was your OMD guy. Derek, I'm sorry, I was cheating on you with Scott Bourne. Oh, sorry. Man. Oh. All right. It's not you, it's me. You know? uh, <laughs> you're right, it is you. <laughs> awesome. But I got to tell you, I still love my OMD. I, I love it. You know, after a while, you're like, the honeymoon phase wears yeah. off and you're like, uh, eh, what did I buy this thing for? Whatever. You know, I'm I'm still shooting with this thing. I still love it. I still like pick it up and like, uh, let me go find some YouTube videos and learn some different things about it. It's uh, you know, I'm very happy with it so I'd far. I'd say if you start to wane on it at all, go get the seventy five millimeter F one eight lens and you will you will fall right back in love with that camera with that <laughs> lens on there. I may get that tonight. Huh? That is you know, a crazy you know what, Chris, Chris McCaskill at Smug Mug is he's like knee deep into doing these gigapixel images. You know, these multi row panoramas and stitching them together and all this. And I was thinking, like, I wonder if I could do this with the OMD. <laughs> so, so this is what I was thinking yesterday when I was when I was at Smug Mug. I'm like, I wonder if I could do a multi row panorama with OMD. And then what? came to my head was i don't have a long lens for it the longest longest lens i have for it is like what 50 millimeters or something like that so i need i need a long lens to do this so i'm in the market for a long lens for the omd if anybody knows of you know somebody wants in the twip army wants to recommend one to me i would love it derek you can tell me you just did uh, yeah it depends on how long you're looking for 300 oh 300 yes 300 with the crop factor so 600 Oh, well, it looks like the only ones that zoom seventy-five to three hundred. I don't know how good that would be. Yeah. There's uh yeah. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk offline. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then I'll report back to Twip Army, which whatever, right. whichever one I buy. Okay. All right, guys. Um, before we close the show off, I want to let you guys know, Twip listeners, that there is an interview at the end of the show. We've been teasing that uh, I had a conversation with Mr. Chris McCaskill the co-founder of Smug Mug, about the new Smug Mug. So in this episode, if you just don't click stop or end or pause, just listen and you'll hear Chris sort of talk about what his mindset was behind driving the development of the new Smug Mug. Apparently it was like three years in development. So definitely check that out. Also, it'll be embedded in the blog post because it's on YouTube. So if you want to actually see Chris and I sit down and chat, head over to the YouTube um, or Frederick Van on YouTube and you can uh, watch the video of he and I chatting. But uh, that's the end of the show, guys. Nicole Young, welcome back to TWIP, finally, <laughs> after kicking us to the curb for so long. <laughs> I, I think it was the other way around. <laughs> no, we would never kick you I'm to the curb. There is no curb worthy of Nicole Kickage. <laughs> I just had to move down to California to get back on the show. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> we don't allow those northern, you know, west coasters to get on hey. the show. <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> So, Nico, where where would you like people to go to uh, follow you and keep up with what you're up to? Well, you can find me on my website, NicoleZ.com, N-I-C-O-L-E-S-Y. 
And I'm, of course, on Google Plus and Twitter, all by the same name, Nicole Z. Perfect. Nicole, I got to ask you, what mic are you using? You sound awesome. Oh, you're going to laugh. So I, I'm actually using the same mic that I've always used. I'm using a Blue Yeti. Oh. But I have a I have awful sound in my room that I am right now. It's just a big echo chamber. And I also have a lot of noise coming from outside. So I took an Ikea cube box, you know, the ones that go into the the square shelves that... Yes. The little, yeah, those like little a, square grid shelves like yeah, I have sitting like behind a, me right now. Yeah. It's a cloth, one of those cloth little boxes. I put it on its side and I took and I have four squares of the audio foam, you know, the gray foam that you can put on the walls and stuff. Acoustic paneling. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Acoustic, <laughs> acoustic foam. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. And so I have every I have it everywhere except the top. So I have a nice little sound box that cost me like I don't know, $30. You sound fantastic. Um, you should, I hear a blog post in that. You should write that up. That oh, is... yeah. You know, I, I kind of got the idea from, I think I saw something online because I'm looking into, I'm going to be doing some video recording, like like some screencasting and more in-depth tutorial stuff that I'm actually going to be marketing oh, cool. and selling on my store. Awesome. So I'm, I'm uh, renting a recording studio to do it because there's no way that I could do 20 straight minutes with what I have happening around the house. There's yeah. a strip mall on the other side of the fence. So it gets really loud and it's un unpredictable. So, um, what, you know, so I've kind of been really looking into this and I, uh, one of my really good friends, Karen Hutton, she does voiceover work. So she's been helping me and they sell these things that is basically an expensive version of what I'm using right now. And they sell them for like two or $300 mm -hmm. or more. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna, I have an Ikea, I have tons of these little boxes sitting around that I'm not using. So I just bought the foam on Amazon and it's kind of hard to look at my screen and, and, and work, but I think I, I think I can make it happen. I love it. And you're so. in Sunnyvale, right? So you're, I'm in Sunnyvale, you're not yeah. too far from Ikea over there. So. Oh, no, it's in, my, it's in Mountain View. And that's only like 10, 10 minute drive, I think, with, you know, traffic. Of course, yes. But. Yeah. So like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> well, Nicole, I don't know what it costs to rent the recording studio. But if you decide it's going to cost too much, come and spend a weekend up here and you can use the recording studio I built into my <laughs> photo studio. <laughs> I will do anything to go back to work. <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> right Google will be relocating just, to Oregon. Yeah, right. just not now because of all the fires. But uh, oh yes, yeah, you give it a few just weeks. bring bring your uh, your rebreather and you'll be you'll be set. Yeah. All right, Joseph, what's what's your pick of the week? Or I'm sorry, geez, what am I thinking? Which <laughs> we're starting the show over again. Oh my this God. show is over. Like I just jumped day. back 40 minutes. Joseph, <laughs> Joseph where can people go oh, to keep up with oh. you? photojoseph.com for all the photo stuff and of course apertureexpert.com if you too believe that aperture still has a future <laughs> i believe aperture has a future don't i don't. believe i believe i i hope aperture has a future you know we need we need multiple solutions out there you can't just have one because they get lazy and then people the consumers get screwed so we need well yeah that would be bad yeah we need you know i would love it if if you know, I, what I wish for is like next week, the next version of Aperture comes out that just blows Lightroom out of the water. That's yeah. what I would love to see. And then I want Adobe to get like crazy nervous and innovate and do something crazy to blow Lightroom out of, or to blow Aperture out of the water. You know, that's that's the way things work. So oh, the best thing to Aperture happen to Aperture was Lightroom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, oh, I, I agree. It. Or else we'd be stuck with iPhoto Pro, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Derek Story, who's sitting there silently, like not commenting <laughs> on the Aperture discussion. <laughs> where, where would you like people to go to keep up with you? 
uh, two places now. Normally, I just say thedigitalstory.com. Yeah. But uh, check out photohelpdesk.com, too. I would I concur. That's, Submit that's, a question. Submit a question. That's an we'll, awesome site. I'm I'm actually on the site right now. So is aperture relevant is one of the questions. <laughs> Best camera bag for family vacation. Yeah. Will Lightroom 5 smart previews compromise image quality? I mean, it just goes on and on. Do it's I need stuff. to understand elements and groups to buy a lens? You know, yeah, it's a, it's a great site. I think people should definitely subscribe. Awesome. What was the site again? Photohelpdesk.com. That's the one. Yep. yep. Photohelpdesk. Yeah, cool. and, uh, and the URL was just hanging there. That's great. Yeah, it's a great it. URL. Congratulations, yeah. Derek. It's a it's a great site. Much needed, Thanks. and I can't think of a better person to put that thing together. Oh, so. that's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah, it's what I do. It's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's who I am, man. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, listeners, if you want to keep up with everything in the TWIP universe, you can check us out at thisweekinphoto.com. And please join our community over on Google+. And if you're looking for me, Frederick Van Johnson, you can find me at frederickvan.com. And with that, it's time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. Okay, I'm here with Mr. Chris McCaskill. He's one of the guys behind Smug Mug, and you guys have some interesting news. We do. That um, by the time you hear this, or or see this, you will... um, You'll probably have seen it already, and if not, head over to smugmug.com and you can see some of the changes that they've made. What I want to do is done a video walkthrough with Nick, Mm -hmm. um, who's one of the guys here that helped put this stuff together, but I want to talk to you kind of about behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and why you put it together, how you put it together. I understand, and I'm a little bit angry about the fact that it's been going on for three years and I didn't... (laughs) didn't know about it, yeah. which is good. It's a testament to your to the secrecy, the Apple level secrecy. <laughs> but uh, tell me about it. What? Why? It, it, a lot of people say, "Oh, Smugma just retooled it overnight and reskinned the site." It's not yeah. a reskin, from what I've seen. It's a little not bit deeper. So it, tell, take yeah. me take me into it. Yeah, it's 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 really a complete rewrite. And uh, so what happened was people were looking for us to refresh and modernize. Most photo sharing companies, when they come out with their photo sharing site, think of all of them: Flickr, Photobucket, and and all yeah. of those. They look fresh and new when they first come out, but then mm-hmm. over the years they tend to get a little long in the tooth, and yeah. the same thing you know, was happening with us too. And so what they typically do is try to reskin it, but yeah. you, there's just only so much you can do with reskinning. Yeah. And Smug Mug's been around 11 years, it's hard to imagine. That's crazy, 11, 11 years. years. Yeah. When you have a code base that's 10 years, been around 10 years, so we did reskin it, we posted photos to our forum, people mm-hmm. loved the new look. Uh, but then they immediately piled in with all the things they would like to do, and it's like, uh, you're not going to be able to do that, that on, yeah. on an architecture that's yeah. 10 years old. Yeah. So, so we, I'm, I'm driving, I'm driving a, a 1990 car, and they're yeah. asking for hybrid technology yeah. on it. Yeah. That's yeah. right, exactly. So we took a really big swallow and said, you know, how long would it take to do a complete rewrite? And we said a year, so let's do it. And we missed it by a year. <laughs> so when you say when you say complete rewrite, I'm still trying to get my brain around that. So complete rewrite, 
Does that mean like when you first started Smug Mug 11 years ago, you guys were sitting there looking at a blank screen with a flashing cursor, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Is the rewrite that again, where you went back and you said, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna take what we know from these 11 years, but we're gonna start with a blank screen and a flashing cursor again? Um, <clears throat> not quite. We, our, our site has various different components. There's a back end where how our database works mm -hmm. and where the data is stored and so on. And we had been changing that over time to use a different database and we and have our servers at Amazon so they could scale and be re really reliable and all that. Yeah. So we reworked a lot of the back end before. In fact, about six months ago, we went live with an all Amazon back end. We don't have servers in our own data centers anymore. Right, yeah, and we talked and, about it in that one interview, yeah. yeah. So, so um, but the front end is a combination of JavaScript and PHP and Flash, mm -hmm. uh, Flash for the slideshow and mm -hmm. an uploader and so on. And Flash, uh, Steve Jobs, when he came out with the iPad, kind of, uh, he started putting nails in the coffin. He did, flash, yeah. yeah. And uh, so to be able to be responsive to iPads and everything else, we could tell Flash wasn't really in our future much. Uh, and JavaScript is just getting so much more powerful. There's so much more you can do with it. Mm -hmm. So we stripped out a lot of the PHP code and just really the front end, we did start from a blank cursor. Not, you know, we had already rebuilt the back end, so we had that support. But the front end, it's all new code. It's all new code. Okay, so so. What does that give me? So when, when you say all new code, is it faster? Is it, does it just look better? Like what, what were you going for when you said, okay, let's rewrite this? What, what were the problems that you, you said we have to solve? Uh, well, there were a lot of them, but one of them, is the, the, the key thing is we wanted it to look beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and modern. Yeah. And modern and fresh, and be responsive to all devices. So mm -hmm. you see it on a big monitor, your photos are huge. You see it on a tablet, it does the right thing, regardless of the orientation. You see it on any smartphone, it just does the right thing. It has to reform and everything else. Which people expect these days, right? They do I mean, expect they it. They expect that, that's kind yeah. of, because people are in this, this or when I say people, I mean me, right? So I'm in this mindset of apps. Yeah. So I look at an app, I turn it, of course it's gonna yeah. rotate for me. Yeah. So SmugMug does that now yeah, too. Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, but uh, that was a hard thing to pull off. Um, and just, you know, things like the beauty, the speed, the security. Uh, security has changed a lot over the years. Yeah. Um, things like, as you saw, when, so one of the biggest problems that we had to solve is people want a beautiful site, they mm -hmm. want a unique site, mm -hmm. but customization is hard. It always has been hard. Right. Um, you gotta get into CSS and JavaScript, or uh, HTML and yeah. JavaScript and so on. Yeah. And we wanted to make it so you could just drag and drop onto the page, mm -hmm. and it did the right thing, so you, grab a block of photos, you grab galleries and so on and move them onto the page and move them anywhere and size yeah. them and edit them and all that kind of stuff. We just could not do that with our old architecture. Photographers, I gotta tell you, um, and I talk to a lot of photographers, as, as I know you do too, are gonna love that. Yeah. <laughs> just to be able, because yeah. I wanna be, my ideal flow for an application like this is to be able to get my laptop, sit on my couch, mm -hmm. which I call my docking station, mm -hmm. you know, to sit on my docking station yeah. in front of the TV, yeah. put on a, a bad Netflix movie and yeah. work on stuff yeah. and be yeah. done. I don't want to get into, okay, I got to figure out how to do this. Let me go to lynda.com and take a tutorial yeah. on CSS I so I can move this photo two pixels yeah. to the right. So now yeah. I don't have to do that? Don't have to do it. And we expect, I think you saw in the demo that mm -hmm. we've got a bunch of built-in designs. It's a lot easier for us to get designs. One of the key things of feedback we've heard is, oh, I got a photo that just went viral. It's a photo of lightning striking the Bay Bridge and I need to sell it. I yep. need to get it online tonight. Um, yep. And I just want to pick a design and go. Just give me a design and I'll figure out how to tailor it later. Well now, you get online, before you even give us your email address, you have, I don't know, 21 designs to pick from. Yep. And 
you could just pick one and go and start uploading and you're golden. So that so. onboarding process is now, I used to call it when I was at, um, um, you know, other tech companies, yeah. <laughs> they used to call it the onboarding. Good tech companies. Good tech companies, yeah, the onboarding process, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. from when you first capture a customer all the way through to, okay, they have an account mm -hmm. and they're yours. Yeah. So that has gone, you streamline that and yeah. it's easier now. That's a new user experience. Okay. And uh, the guys who did the, the homepage that we were showing you, mm -hmm. the marketing pages redesign, uh, they were all guys, the team of guys that we hired after the price increase, <laughs> after the price <laughs> increase went well. And they did a whole new user experience thing. And one of the insights they or Don or someone had is, you know what, the strongest thing about it is these designs are beautiful, they're mm -hmm. stunning. Just let them pick a design. Even if they're not registered, we don't know who they are. Look through the designs, and then if they like them, then they can take a trial. That's cool. And so that was a nice part of that the is new, really new user cool. experience. Okay. So has has pricing changed at all with the no. new look? It's all no. the same. All the same. Okay. Right. Okay. So then, um, last thing I want to know about video. Yeah. So there's, you know, you know, mm -hmm. even now I'm shooting this yeah. on video. Sure. So we're doing more. Photographers are doing more mm -hmm. and more video yeah. these days because it's easier. Mm -hmm. It looks great, and yeah. it's the tools are there to edit it. Um, but what about video and sharing it online? Right now, it's YouTube and Vimeo, that kind of yeah. thing. Smug Mug has always been there yeah. since I can remember with Unlimited. How has yeah. any of that changed? Uh, you know, the funny thing is video is not uh, what caused us a lot of problems with storage and yeah. compute costs. Compute, it's fairly expensive in compute because there's all the um, uh, encoding you have to do with video. Yeah. But it's not a significant part of our cost, video. But it is a significant part of the customer experience. Mm -hmm. and. So that's part of the customizing tools. You could just put a video on your home page. Right. We'll store the video and so on. Uh, and we're going to do our best to integrate to YouTube and Vimeo. I think with Vimeo, they, uh, they're, uh, the way they share is through an iframe, which we don't permit. But mm -hmm. we're coming up with a Vimeo app that, okay. that will help that because we, we love them too. What so. it, Chris, as, as the, the, the guy, one of the guys behind the scenes pulling the strings for Smug Mug, what is your ideal customer in terms of, you know, uh, you know, this guy, my ideal avatar of a customer has a WordPress site and a SmugMug site, or does he kill his WordPress site and live on SmugMug? What, what do you, what uh, would you like to see? What we'd like to see and what they are today are probably two different things. Mm -hmm. um, so WordPress is, is a great site, and mm -hmm. I think that we're, as a company, we're most closely aligned with WordPress philosophically. Mm -hmm. With WordPress, it's all about telling your story, mostly through text, some support of photos, but right. they're really strong in the text, and right. we're really strong in photos. And we're about telling your story, too, mostly through photos, and they're stronger in the text. And the best of both worlds is when you mesh those together. Right. Uh, so we're quite different, sorry about the noise in the background, mm -hmm. we're quite different from, you know, when you think about WordPress, they're one of the few sites that really allows great deep customization yeah. with templates and things like that. And we do too for photo sharing, but you really can't think of many other mass market photo sharing sites that do that. You know, they're... The customization you, piece. The customization. Right. You may get a few different templates to choose from. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Um, mostly you get the look that you get, like at Flickr, it's whatever look you get. It's a, it's a nice look. Yeah. But if you want it to be your photography business or your family or your personal story you like to personalize, that's what we offer. WordPress does that too, but they're good at text, we're good at photos. Okay. So the, so the ideal scenario right now is if you want to do text and photos, is to do them both together? Yeah, I think that's what but most you, people do. But if yeah. you lean heavily towards photos, you know, yeah. I'm a photo, then it's smug yeah. right? Yeah. If you're 
if you're writing missives, you know, every other day, then yeah. write it and use some like WordPress to do right. it. Right. Okay. And an awful lot of people combine the two because a lot of people store their photos at SmugMug and then they, you know, they link to them in their WordPress mm -hmm. blog. Um, yep. Client access, boom. And yeah. Yep. And you see in a lot of our menus and things, you know, you know, a lot, a lot of people put galleries, blog, you know, and so yep. on. They yep. have both. So. Is uh, once this so by the time folks like I was saying before, once the time, the time people see this, the site will be live at smugmug.com. Be. It better be. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, is that it, or is there is this the launch, and then there's a bunch of other cool stuff that's going to come out over the next few months? Or? Well, we think of it as launch and a bunch of other cool stuff. I think mm -hmm. the closest analogy I know of is one that I mostly lived through, which was OS 9 and OS 10 at Apple. Yeah. I used to work for Steve Jobs, yeah. and I was at Next, and we built Next App. Mm -hmm. We had no idea that it would become OS 10, yeah. but we wrote a new operating system. Basically, we took Unix and then built a graphical user interface on it and all kinds of other features on it. Mm -hmm. And it was incompatible with everything that went before and we were roundly criticized for it. But we felt that it had a better security model, multitasking, multiprocessor, mm -hmm. it could scale, multi-user, all kinds of things you could do with Unix that you couldn't do with OS 9. Right. Apple was investing billions in OS 9, but they were getting diminishing returns as they went. Uh, so Apple made the gutsiest decision I've ever seen a company made, which is we're going to sell OS 9 up to the final day and then we're going to come out with OS X and tell people, well, it's not totally backwards compatible, um, but you're going to love it. And what's going to happen is it's basic now, but it lays the foundation for us to do great things in the future. Yeah. And in fact, that was true, and it drove their renaissance. They could never have done what they've done without OS X, which was yeah. built on Unix. And it's the same with us. We, we used that and said, you know what? Steve was right about that. Steve Jobs was right about that. If we build something that will last us for the next 10 years and do all these things our customers are asking for, we'll be a lot better off, even if we're going to take it in the chin for the next two years for not it's incrementally developing. But after we develop it, they'll see things come faster than they otherwise would. Right, yeah. At, at some point, a tech company has to say, okay, we've ridden this horse you know, long enough. As yeah. long enough, let's, yeah. let's, let's put it in the stable yeah. and get a new horse. Yeah. You know? so, and that's what we did. So we got a new horse now. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. There, there, uh, one of the reasons it took a year longer than we expected is yeah. we wanted to migrate our customers because we have a big installed base. Mm -hmm. And the migration code, you know, you're, you have a computer background. The migration mm -hmm. code is tough because, we, you know, we allow you to stay on your old site mm -hmm. uh, and have a preview mode where you can be customizing your new site. So that's a second state, but your visitors don't see it. And then a publish mode where you're on the new site. Right. How do you keep those two in sync and everything? It's a very hard computer so science problem. So three states, right? Three states. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, how do you, yeah. <laughs> how do, you do that? <laughs> That's a really tough one. And Amazon you know, must love you. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, they do. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there are other companies uh, that have uh, just sprung it on you, mm -hmm. um, uh, where hey, today you got the new design. Yeah. We didn't do that. There are other companies who've said, well, I can't offer you a migration path. Go to this new system, and you know start afresh. Right. We didn't do that either. Right. But you know, when you think of all the photos, videos, settings, stats, comments, sales reports, I mean, it, it, it goes a, on and on. And like, unlike other companies, like say a Flickr, a Flickr just says overnight, we're switching everything, yeah. you know, and you'll love it, yeah. you know, and they can push it out yeah. to everyone. People, though Flickr has a paid level of service, yeah. people aren't feeding their kids based on their Flickr yeah. sites, right. right? So if you smug mug and people are feeding their kids based yeah. on their smug mug site, yeah. and you just say, yep, we're changing it on you. Yeah. You could probably, you'll have pitchforks and flames in front yeah. of the building. <laughs> yeah, and you know, in some ways we're a company uh, 
that is a little bit like Apple and a little bit like Adobe. We have a broader customer base than you would imagine that we do have. Mm -hmm. We thought it would be people with DSLRs and pro photographers and everything, and there are a lot of those, and we have a pro level of service. Yeah. But wow, we have a lot of people whose photos are important to them for whatever reason, their privacy is important to them, or they want to tell their story and have it look like them, be customized. We got a zillion of those customers, and uh, you know, most companies specialize. Many companies specialize in one or the other. Apple didn't do that. They have high-end customers. Canon didn't do it. Nikon didn't do it. Nikon's got the D800, which isn't for everyone, but they got cool pics and all that. Yep. yep. And we're in the same camp as Canon and Nikon and, and Apple, so it means a lot of customers. And for some of them, these families that have customized to make it look like their family site for their family reunions and things like that. We just didn't feel, they're paying for it, we didn't feel we could just spring it on them overnight. Yeah, when, when, to close this off, one thing that, the first thing that I thought of when I heard about this a couple of weeks ago that this was coming up was they're not going away, right? Because yeah. they're not being acquired, because we've been yeah. seeing a lot of consolidation, <clears throat> yeah. and you've seen it over the years. I mean, I companies, Kodak, all these companies have just kind of yeah. fizzled and gone away for whatever reasons, whether it was patents or just whatever, you know, yeah. they've just gone away. Smug Mug's still here. Yeah. You know, so you guys are going to be here for... Yeah, I mean, look around. Do we look like a company that's... Um, we toured earlier, and, yeah, it's a, it's a busy beehive over here. <laughs> yeah, so, and, you know, one thing I think photo sharing is... Paid photo sharing is particularly hazardous for, most, for a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. Sort of like the PC industry was. There mm -hmm. aren't many companies that make money in the PC industry, and even Dell's having trouble now. Yeah. But Apple makes a lot. Uh, and it's, it's hazardous for a lot of non-intuitive reasons at first. One is storage. Mm -hmm. uh, as your customer base ages, they just add more and more and more. So yeah. they're paying the same subscription fee that they were paying eight years ago, but <laughs> the storage footprint is entirely different. Yeah. The feature depth that they require now, what you just saw compared to what we did with the blank cursor 10, 11 years ago, mm -hmm. we had two guys doing that 11 years ago. It's a big team now. In a, in a bedroom. In like, a bedroom, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with cats. With cats you have to write that story. Yeah, you have to write. Yeah. There's like, yeah. there's so many stories that you've told me that you have to yeah. write down and share yeah. with the world. It's, it's really yeah. cool. So, and we've we've always felt that, you know, we we have to be financially very conservative mm -hmm. because we're dealing with people's livelihoods and yeah. their priceless legacy they cannot lose. That's and right. So. We pay more for storage through Amazon than if we did it ourselves and yeah. things like that. So. Yeah, but it's 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 gonna it's gonna be up tomorrow yeah. when we go for it, right? Well, it better be. Cool. All right, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's Tucker. a pleasure. Always a pleasure talking to this guy. <laughs> I always learn so much. I'm always humbled. So, uh, like I said, by the time you watch this video or listen to the audio to this video on this week in photo, the site will be live. Check it out. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bang on it as soon as I can. I haven't even had a chance to play with it. Oh, we need to get you access, right? Away. Yes. I would love yeah. to give me access. Hey, um, Nick. Let's do that. Let's get Nick, access. Do you hear that? <laughs> access. <laughs> Frederick Van. Access. <laughs> All right, Chris. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks. We'll push that button. Yep.